Hello everyone, welcome to the Joking Dolphin Gamer Pod. I'm Mark and as always enjoyed by Matthew. Morning. And Nathan. Hello. Oh, are we okay, lads? All good. Yeah, the possibly can be. Very good. <laughs> Is that it? Okay. No, I mean, I said my bit like one right. right. <laughs> I'm fine, thank you. You never. I see. You never ask how I am. We don't care how you are. That's why, Mark. Oh. You're the host. Oh, f- fair enough. <laughs> okay, let's just move on then. Um, right. Okay, so we're not. So this is a gaming podcast, of course. We're not really here to talk about politics, but there are things going on in the world at the moment, and they have ended up permeating their way into gaming, haven't they? So they have. yeah. So what's been happening? So I put a list together of companies that have pulled out of catering to its Russian audience. And I've called this list No Russian, because. Uh, so I'll start from the top and go through, and then we can we can talk about it if anything comes out to you. So we've seen that Sony and Microsoft have pulled software and console sales to um, its Russian audience. Uh, the Nintendo eShop in Russia has temporarily been placed into a maintenance mode. Uh, Twitch have stopped payments to Russian streamers. Um, Ubisoft have pulled any installations and downloads of their games. Uh, EA Sports um, have removed all Russian teams from FIFA 22 and NHL 22. Um, Epic have pulled their support. Uh, Take-Two have stopped new sales installations and marketing support for Russian users. And credit card payments are also unavailable on Steam through Russian users. Um, They can still use their existing funds on their account, but they can't make, they can't add funds to make new purchases, basically. So over the last couple of weeks, we've just seen a host of these companies come out in support of the Ukraine um, to try and stop their Russian audience from doing certain things within games. I mean, personally, I don't think we should be hurting the Russian gamers because it's not their fault at the end of the day, in my no. opinion. No, no, I'm in agreement. The thing is, it's, people aren't seeing it as the way of harming the gamers, is it? It's harming the businesses, it's, isn't it? And that's what, it's sanctions, basically. That's what well, yeah, the, the, the ultimate aim is obviously to put pressure on Putin to obviously cease what he's currently doing. And the best way to do it without going into whole, you know, World War Three, is to unfortunately, you know, squeeze squeeze money out of the uh, people of Russia, which it's not good. It's, it's not it's not really what we want to see. But it's you know, what what else can can we do really? It's it's a it's a it's a tricky time. It's a tricky time. It's you know, it's it's not it's not good. <laughs> But there, I think there, is, there has been a response to this from Russia. Is that apparently, <clears throat> I don't know how true this is, but apparently they've now legalised the piracy of video games. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, well. I've heard about that, yeah. Uh, video games and software in general, isn't it? At this point? Hmm. That's um, interesting. I wish the UK would do it. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> uh, no piracy, piracy bad, but yeah. Um, Interesting move, to say the least. Not that like that would that would have stopped people that were already doing it to begin with. Well, yeah, that's, that's the thing, isn't it? People just do it anyway. 
Well, you know? yeah, I think if if someone is going to do it, they'll just do it. I think I don't think this will add too many people to that list because within Russia there are a lot of people that tend to pirate things and sell keys for things illegally. Um, so I just think it's opening up to more of that if they did want to do it. Anyway, should we want to something else? Yeah. So yeah, enough of the, enough politics for that. That's not what we're here for. We're here for gaming, and we saw a, play, a new PlayStation State of Play, didn't we? We did. We did. So, was there anything that caught your eye from this? Because for me, there were some things I liked, other things I just did not care about. Yeah, same. I'd echo that. One thing that really stood out to me was the Teenage Mutant Ninja yes. Turtles collection, <laughs> the Cowabunga collection. That yeah, looks that, insane. That looks fantastic. So, have you seen the list of games it's got? Yeah, yeah. So, there's about 13 games in total, isn't there? Yeah. So, we've got. I'm not going to keep reading Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I'm just going to say Turtles. <laughs> so it's got Turtles, the arcade, uh, Turtles in Time for the arcade, Turtles from the NES, uh, Turtles 2, the arcade game, the NES version, uh, Turtles 3, the Manhattan Project, NES, uh, Turtles Tournament Fighters, NES, Turtles 4, Turtles in Time for the Super Nintendo, uh, Turtles Tournament Fighters for the Super Nintendo, Turtles the Hyperstone Heist from the Sega Genesis slash uh, Mega Drive, uh, Turtles, Tournament Fighters, Sega Genesis, Mega Drive. Uh, Turtles, Fall of the Foot Clan from the Game Boy. Uh, Turtles 2, Back from the Sewers, Game Boy. And Turtles 3, Radical Rescue from the Game Boy. Mm, yeah. A lot there. Mm, definitely. A lot of this, quite a few I've not even heard of. But. Yeah, I mean, I was going yeah. through the list myself and I was like, is that even real? <laughs> I, I think for me, a lot of the Game Boy ones that I never really got to play. So yeah. it would be good to get our hands on them and give them a go but yeah i think i think it's 40 dollars, so it'll probably be about 30 35 quid for us i think there's a lot of game there to a lot of bang for your buck i'll say yeah that one mm-hmm. turtles arcade game hall of fame game for us so very much definitely it. yeah. it's a must purchase mm. yeah let's have a word about for spoken because this one's been delayed hasn't it yeah mm-hmm. um what did you get? What did you think to this trailer? Because I've been asked, I, I, I don't think much to for spoken for what I've seen. This trailer looked to me like a woman doing a lot of flips. That was about it. A bit yeah. of lightning. Well, you know, that's just how their traversal system works currently. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But I don't know. I think you two are more interested in this one than I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it oh, personally. Yeah. I think it's going to be quite an interesting one. Hmm. Yeah. I, I still just like how how the the powers look, like the effects of them look pretty cool. Um, I'm sure a lot of the the combat looks looks quite mm, like platinum esque. Well, it's it's very chaotic, but in a controlled way. <laughs> so yeah, one game in particular that I thought was pretty wacky. I, I think it was the first game that we saw called Exo Primal. They've just got mm. hordes of dinosaurs coming out of these black holes, and yeah. you have to like team up in these mechs to try and take them down. It just looks like a horde-based game where you get together with a bunch of friends and just kill a load of dinosaurs. Yeah, pretty much. I think this, this must be one <laughs> of the it. ten. This must be one of the ten live service games they spoke about. I think. Mm. I think so. But didn't they have another mm. game later on? What was it called? Was it Gundam something? Can't remember. Uh, Gundam Evolution. Evolution. 
What do yeah. you think to that one? Because that looked a bit sketchy. I mean, I know we always do. I know gameplay always trumps graphics. That's that's game. But it did look pretty old style to me. It just looked. Mm. It looks retro. I don't want to say retro. Cause it, I just thought it looked <laughs> it pretty bad. Retro, it did. It did look a bit like PS2, PS3 yeah. kind of yeah. level. Should well, we I've heard it's a. Should we have better than that? <laughs> I heard it's a free to play title, so. Oh, that's number two on the <laughs> send live service games then. Yeah. I'll say, guess the live service games. Right, what oh. next? I actually just, I want to swing that back around to Exo Primal just a little bit. Um, yeah, good. Because, so, I, I didn't actually watch the, um, I didn't watch the state of play kind of as it was. I actually watched the YouTubers kind of reaction to it all. Kind of it's their first reaction. Right. And from what from what I got from the from on Twitter as well, from like various people that I follow. Um <laughs> there was quite a bit of a negative reaction to it. And original initially I should say, not originally. For what reason? So whether you may or may not know, so the uh, ever since kind of Resident Evil 2 announced a remake, no, got its remake, people have been really cl- clamoring for a remake of Dino Crisis. Mm. Um, I don't ah. know if you kind of know the the series. You might do, you might not do. So when I see, when, I see where this when is it, <laughs> yeah, so when when it was first kind of showing stuff, um, and specifically when you saw the woman kind of in the like the red hair. She resembles the kind of main protagonist in Dino Crisis games. So yeah. everyone was starting to kind of flip about it. Like, oh, this could be a new, like, this is the new Dino Crisis we want. And then it gets turned out to be actually, it's just this new IP. There's references to Dino Crisis. I think that there's a couple of things in that trailer that I, I don't know specifically what they were, but I, I heard there was kind of a couple of nods to Dino Crisis, but people were just like, just give us Dino Crisis. We didn't want this. <laughs> so this is the spiritual success that nobody wants, basically. So, sounds like it, yeah. Um, I mean, I read more into it. Like, it is like a, it's going to be a third-person team-based, what they normally call PvPVE, where it's you'll you'll be fighting against another team of human-controlled exosuits, but you can either decide to team up with them or you can fire them for the objectives, basically. Um. That's not so, so Everyone's going to fight each other. That's pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. That's just um, bizarre. But it's, it's certainly, it wasn't the game that a lot of fans were kind of looking for, <laughs> which I thought was quite funny. Um, so. Well, too bad, ain't it? Yeah. Uh, there was an update on Ghostwire Tokyo. Well, there's more stuff. Mm. I have to say, some of the visuals for this gave me a bit of a Death Stranding vibe. Really? Hmm. Just like... Um, it showed this big mythical creature, like human-looking creature, and then there was the mysterious dude wearing a mask, and then the protagonist wearing a uh, riding a motorcycle. I mean, the, the gameplay shows it's completely vastly different. Uh, yeah. like that's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, well, uh, well, the mythical human-looking creature, big thing, did look very Death Stranding. But, but anyway, gameplay-wise, completely different. You can easily tell that. Mm. Uh, not playing it. I'm telling you that. I actually feel like this is this is slowly becoming less of like a horror game to me, more of like a, a first person, almost like shooter. That's cool. 
Yeah, that's but the horror, like, when, when, it, when it when it first was revealed, I was like, oh, this looks like a new typical Japanese kind of horror game. But like, the more they've kind of shown off, the more it's like, actually, it looks a lot more kind of action paced. Like everything's yeah. quick. Um, nothing seems too scary now. I mean, maybe no, if actually played. No, no, no. The, the things <laughs> in your face didn't look nice. No, well, yeah. And then of course there's a slang <clears throat> with umbrellas. The slang, yeah. Yeah, I saw, saw them. I, I like just the people in the Shimagami masks. They were pretty cool. Mm. And then that person with the like the big mouth with the teeth in there, because I think that harkens back to some sort of like Japanese folk tale about yeah. a lady that walked up to and says, "Am I beautiful?" And then you she you have to say yes, and then she takes off a mask, and then there's this big massive jaw with like teeth everywhere and then she asks you again and if you shriek or look like you're scared then she basically kills you nice okay but yeah the, the more <laughs> i'm seeing a ghost by to- tokyo it, it's making me more interested in it and we've not got too long to wait either so i might end up getting it at some point even though i'm not really into my horror scary games but yeah i'm not playing it <laughs> <laughs> but Carrying on with the Japanese theme, one that I did really take an interest in was Trek to Yome. Now I've seen something of this before, but it, this is a well, it is a black and white samurai side scroll, largely. And you guys know my love for Ghost of Tsushima, so anything that can scratch that itch is a good thing to make. Yeah, I'm actually going to bring this up a bit later and ask you what your thoughts were on it, Mark, because I thought the second I saw the aesthetic and like. The samurai, and I thought, yeah, this is right up your street. Yeah, <laughs> it's for me. Does look really cool. Hmm. Just reminds me that I need to buy Ghost of Tsushima at some point. Get it. What are you doing? Get it. Just get it. <laughs> oh, really? I, I need to price. It's, it's cheap as chips now, maybe. Well, yeah, if it's more than 25, then no. I did notice um, this has got uh, Japanese wrestler Hiroki Goto in it. don't know if you know who he is, but... I quite like Japanese wrestling. It sounds familiar. Try and remember which one it was. Mm. Anything else that you fancy from that? I like it's the look at the update for Returnal, the uh, Ascension. Okay. Um, yeah, they've they've added multiplayer online multiplayer now, haven't they? Well, they've added like co-op to it, not necessarily multiplayer. Yeah, so the, the, the so the campaign's got co-op, hasn't mm. it? Yeah, but they've got. They're doing other updates as well, which aren't co-op, aren't they? Um, yeah, so I think the the big thing that was to take away from it is that they're adding this kind of new survival area in the game. That's essentially just like a, a you ascend up the tower, clearing out enemies probably from each floor, and then get to the top and you probably fight some big bad guy. Just no matter how it works. <laughs> oh, it's the raid then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, I forgot what other updates there were going to be, but I think there's probably be like stuff like new powers or new weapons to to use and stuff. Have either you played Returnal? To be honest, it's been <clears throat> excuse me, it's a bit too expensive for me to buy it right now. I want to get it, but I think I'm in the same boat as Nathan. Kind of want it to come down in price before looking okay. at it, but it's definitely one I want to get because it looks good. It's not one for me. I don't. I don't like the look of it. What well, do you? I don't know. I just. I just, just. I don't know. There's just something about it. It's just not my type. <laughs> it's just not my type of game. 
Is it the fact that you've got to kind of restart again and like retrace your track? No, it's it's not that. I just the aesthetic I don't really care about. It's dark and grim. I don't think it it just doesn't interest me. But hey, that's just me. Yeah. Is there anything anything else from there? Good. Not for me. The only thing. The only other thing for me would probably be JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All Stars Battle. That looked pretty cool. Don't forget the R. R. Yeah. <laughs> R. Yeah. R. So that that's the fighter that got 50 playable characters. It looks like they just went through all of like the opening voices for like each fighter when they did the when they did the trailer for that one. Mm. Some of it were a bit cringy, but. <laughs> I just think that generally in some like Japanese games, some of like the things that they say and do are a bit cringe sometimes, but that's just me with my yeah. Uh, I believe there's a remake from from the original game that was made in 2013, I believe. So I don't know too much about JoJo, but I know it's 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 pretty popular. I keep on seeing references and popping up everywhere. So yeah, could be an interesting flying game. Yeah, bar that, everything else to me didn't pull any of my attention. Yeah, same for me. But it Bye. was, it's, it's a, it wasn't meant to be a, a stair player that was more focused on the Japanese side of things. So, if you don't like your Japanese games, then. Yeah, so the Square Enix came up. And I'm just like, oh, I know what's yeah, going on here. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Them two Square Enix games at the end, I was like, yeah, no. I'm just like hovering <laughs> over the fast forward button. <laughs> Ash. <laughs> I know, but some games they're just not for me. No, that's the, that's the great thing about gaming. They cover a lot of topics and a lot of things, but some games I just look at and I just go, no. <laughs> Simple. And that, they're just one of them, I'm afraid. Yeah. No. But anyhow, that's the PlayStation State to play. What's your what's your game of the of the states? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, obviously. Yeah. I would go with that as well. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll go with that as well. I only go with that because I'm surprised Konami would do such a thing. Mm, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. Although, special message direct to you. Yeah, yeah. That's probably a number two, definitely. Uh, should we want some else? Yeah, yeah, why not? I think we, uh, well, th- this is something that we were, I was actually going to bring up in the last pod. Um, but I thought, let's not. Because we, we can talk about it now, even though it's been kind of two weeks um, for for me and Nathan. Uh, so on the on the morning we recorded the last podcast, uh, there was a Pokemon Direct that happened. Um, so this went through quite a few quite a few things. Uh, there's there's a big update for Pokemon Go. Um, that's bringing in the Alolian Pokemon. So Gen Seven. Going to start filtering in. I think the thing is only a few so far. So the stars uh, and the weasel-looking thing. Uh, yep. Is it is it Umus? I'm just logging on to Pokemon Go you're now. On, so you'll tell me. And um, I've already got a shiny of that one actually. So oh, of course you do. Uh, and then there's the the bird one that, that they normally introduce. All these names escape me. At least for the stars, it's like. Pop, uh, Poplio, Rowlet, and Litten. Um, 
I can't remember a few of the others, but I think also some of the Alolian variants of, of some of the Pokemon have also come through a bit more regular now. So you've got like Meowth, um, Rattata, uh, Executor, um, and a couple of others that have come through. So um, Vulpix as well. Um, so there's that. Um, I forgot if they mentioned something else from from Pokemon Go. Um, but I do know that one of the recent updates they did where they've reduced the effectiveness of the incense item where you attract Pokemon towards you is very annoying. I was going to move on to that because um, today of all days when we've got a community, a community day where I c- because I can't sit on my sofa anymore <laughs> and rake in the Pokemon, I've got to actually go out and walk around. Which is very oh, annoying. What is this nonsense walking? I know. So that explains all the coffee there. Yeah, yeah. Get ready to go out, start walking about once yeah. it's finished. Well, I might only get an hour in because it's my turn to edit, isn't it? So I've got, I can, got to, we've got to do the podcast, I've got to edit, and then I'll oh, race around and get as many chances <laughs> as I can. Uh, yeah, so. So there's that, which is a bit annoying. But anyway. I think in that, the, the only issue I've got with that, really, I don't mind, but. They should have given us a bit more notice than 24 hours to say, oh, we're changing the incenses to say, basically, if you walk around, you'll get a Pokemon every, is it 60 seconds? Yeah, every 60 seconds. But if you're in the same position, you've got to wait for five minutes. Five minutes? Just five minutes? I I need one of those, like, auto bot things that just move around my my room or something. Well, like Transformers? Yeah. Just get it to grab my phone and you can just, just walk it around. It said Autobots, Mark. That's where I'm getting the Transformer thing from. Yeah, yeah. I can, I can. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So, in addition to the Pokemon Go stuff, we got some Diamond and Pearl news. So, there's a new mystery gift that you can download now called Oak's Letter. And that's going to allow you to encounter Shaman, the mythical Pokemon. Mm-hmm. attempt to catch it that's not a very mystical gift mystery gift is it you just told me what it is well now you know that you need to get the mystery gift some mystery, that mystery. yeah <laughs> uh yeah there was that um funny enough shaman's been been in the game since it came out but it's just only hackers could access access the pokemon funnily enough so uh yes yeah, so we've got stuff for that for diamond and pearl um I know we got a few stuff for like the um, Pokemon Cafe mix. Um, I think there was just some sort of update for being able to transfer Pokemon, I think. something like that. I didn't, I didn't take full full notice because I don't play. Yeah, to be honest, I don't really care about Cafe mix or the no. other Pokemon game that they showed off. I did the oh, live service. Um, yeah, Pokemon Unite is is a good game though. Um, I can test that. I've had a couple of games and I've quite enjoyed it. So, um, I think they're, they're introducing new Pokemon there, Hooper, and sometime in the future the Durlandon is coming as well. The the Steel Dragon Pokemon. It looks like a skyscraper from Gen 8. Um, and then after that we got some updates on Pokemon Legends Arceus. Um, so they've introduced a new update to the game um, where basically um, in the game there's, there's sort of like um, outbreaks of Pokemon that happen in certain 
locations. It's always like one specific type of Pokemon. So in an area, once you get into that location, this Pokemon will spawn quite a few times and there's increased chances of getting shiny. Um, but in this update, they've introduced what's called massive, what is it? Massive mass outbreaks. I didn't make the, I didn't make the name. Yeah, so um, it's basically in the update in version 1.1 daybreak, they've called it. Yeah. There's a new investigation that they've added where you've got to look into what's causing these mass outbreaks in Pokemon. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're essentially just outbreaks, but, um, they're like everywhere now. Um, so rather than just being kind of one outbreak in a location, you can end up having like about 10. Um, and they're all specific Pokemon as well. So, um, I think the big thing that came out of this was that you can, you can now start getting some of the, um, Isuian evolved forms are these. Um, so not just like the normal forms. Um, which is cool. I, I always want to see more updates to Arcus. Um, I've still not done that much of the <laughs> post game content. Not even caught any of like the legendary or mythical Pokemon out of it. Um, yeah. Although I've, I've seen, I think it was being touted as like the, the final, final battle. Um, it looks nuts, and I want to get to it at some point. So, um, but there was that, um, and I don't think much else really happened after that. Was the next? Uh, no, not nothing at all. No, really? no, no, no real like reveal of some sort of new generation of Pokemon that's coming. No, nothing about Gen that. Nine. I'm no. starved for the for the information. Yeah. Mm. If you can't tell, we're being sarcastic. So, um, Generation Nine got revealed. Um, they are called Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. So we're going back to our colours. Um, and I don't really know what to say about what we can kind of saw. Um, looks vibrant, low, low colours. Um, it looks like it's based around the, I think the, the Spain slash Portugal kind of. Yeah. Well, when I first area. saw it, as, as we were going through, I thought this looks very Mediterranean in terms of the, yeah, the, what we're seeing. Yeah, so like in, in style wise, it looks very kind of Mediterranean. There's like, uh, oh, I don't, 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 don't know how to best describe what Mediterranean. It feels like holiday. Like. Feels like a holiday. Feels yeah. like you go on holiday on broad. There we go. That's it. If, if you go to Greece, <laughs> that's what it feels like. It's like, it's like a Greek holiday. Benidorm. Yeah, Benidorm. Yeah, it's Benidorm, yeah. Um, but without all the drunk people. Or maybe with, you never know. Uh, <laughs> so we, we got to see some interesting locations. There was a big kind of cathedral-looking area. Um, there could be maybe a, a gym, or maybe that's where the league is. I don't know. We're not very fresh about that. Um, the most I could tell is that, so you've got your, your protagonist, so male or female, boy or girl. Um, and depending on which version you pick, you get, you, you look slight, slightly different. Um, and I think what people are picking out of, of the trailer was that you might be competing in different schools. There might be like rival schools potentially. Cause there's two shields, um, it's in the trailer. The one's got like an orange on and the other one's got like a grape on it. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, grapes, I should say. I, 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 the words are, kind of not coming to me at all. Uh, <laughs> so that could be an interesting story if you have, like, rival schools. Um, 
whether we get the same kind of eight gym stuff. I'm not sure. Not 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 a lot was revealed in terms of like story or, or plot. It was more kind of just kind of how everything's gonna look. Um, and it's coming out late 2022. That was really surprising so, for me because we yeah. just had Arceus and now we're getting another game this year. Mm. Like we're, we're we're being spoiled at the minute with Pokemon games. Well, yeah, that's it. I think I think what I've heard is that Game Freak actually have two different teams split that work on stuff. So I think one team worked on Arceus. Obviously, Diamond and Pearl was out of source. So maybe this other team has kind of been working on um, Scarlet and Violet, sort of in the background, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the biggest thing to come out of the reveal, actually, was that they mentioned that this will be open world. Like, proper open world. None of this, like areas where you've got to go into a loading screen and stuff like this will be seamless open world for the first time um which i'm excited about very excited about that um be interested to see how they navigate that whether people try and go to like the last section in the game to see how it mm, goes or or yeah (laughs) we'll see we'll see how they can do it um so uh, there's a couple of little tidbits from the website as well that i took from there from what it looks like, the catching system will be back to classic Pokemon, so you'll have to battle them to catch them. Um, which I'm, I'm fine with. I, I feel like it, it was it was a spe- it was a specific thing in Arceus that like storyline wise, it only just made the Pokemon so you could use them how you could back then. Whereas like I feel like modern Pokemon can just stick to it. yeah. I don't mind just battling and then catching them that way. Well, we've had that for the last 25 years, so it's fine. Yeah, it's all right. Um, and then we also got a glimpse of the star Pokemon as well. They're going to be in it. Yeah. Um, this is the big question. What are you going for, Matt? What am I going for? Uh, so hmm. we've got uh, Sprigatito, the grass cat. Yeah. Um, Coco, the alligator. Croc. Croc thing fire one uh, apparently apparently it's been called as a called croc so okay so fire <laughs> crocodile then we'll go with fire crocodile. and quaxley the duck with a flat cap that, that's what i think it looks like the pokemon that's the one i'm going with yeah personally i'm well, going quaxley all the way because i just love its name i don't know that's... i'm kind of i'm kind of kinda leaning towards uh fukoko hmm just because it looks, it looks like a, it looks like a pepper. It looks <laughs> so like I can pepper. imagine like, yeah, it looks like a, it looks like a pepper. Okay. That's appealing. I'll, 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 I'll show you the pictures. Of them. Um, <laughs> I can just imagine the, uh, oh, that, that's the duck. Uh, Nathan's just showing um, pictures of them on Skype, so Mark can see. Um, I can just imagine like the final evolution for the fire one, just being like a ghost pepper or something. Uh. <laughs> So, but yeah, we, we got those. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to knowing more about, um, about Gen 9 and what we're going to get from it. Mm, yeah, looking forward um, to it. Oh, I actually mentioned just one more thing. that the I liked how the Pokemon seem to have like some, some kind of a lot more texture to them now. Like when we saw uh, Survivor, you can actually see like the scales on it. Yeah, that's look pretty cool. And then like with uh, Lusari, you can sort of build like the fur kind of texture. It's not just kind of a, a block color now 
that we've had with Pokemon. They are starting to kind of get a bit more detail with them. So just have to wait and see once we once we get to know more about it. So yeah, definitely. It's nice to see that Game Freak are actually starting to learn kind of what they can do with like a full fledged console because up until hmm. Sword and Shield, it was always on the handheld system. So I can understand why doing Sword and Shield might have been a bit of a learning curve for them and they might have not been able to get the most out of that system because they're not used to using all those different um, yeah. systems to create a game. But mm. I think now we can really see what, what they can do with it because the Switch has been out for, is it five years now? It's on its fifth year, I think. Yeah, it's been five years. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I always think Game Game Freak always do better with the the like the second game they do on a console. So like Golden Silver, much more improved than Red and Blue. Um, Diamond and Pearl, much more improved than you know Ruby Sapphire, and just continue on and on. Um, you know, I, I always think the the first game on a new console, it's a bit of a learning experience. They do as much as what they can with the time they've got. Of course, we know they they do get a bit kind of pressured. Um, by the Pokemon company to get games out when they, when when they want them to be released, so they can't be delayed ever. Um, which is probably why Pearl and Diamond remakes got outsourced, probably. So, um, but no, looking forward to seeing more. Any other news? Yes. Shall we talk about a lawsuit? A lawsuit. Oh, we love our lawsuits. Mm. So this is taken from Bloomberg. Nice. Take Two Interactive Software Inc. is facing a class action lawsuit over the deceptive sale of loot boxes to minors in its popular NBA 2K video game series. One of its recent iterations of the basketball game franchise, NBA 2K21, has sold more than 10 million copies and some 2 million people played the game daily last year, according to the company's latest annual report. The game costs $60 and players can spend additional money on in-game currency they use to upgrade a player's clothing or receive new players. The lawsuit filed on behalf of a minor, and her guardian, contends that these loot boxes psychologically distance players from the real-life financial implications of in-game purchases and the transactions are particularly attracted to minors who may not understand the real-world implications of spending virtual currency. What's more, the transactions are often done with a parent's credit card, and the minors are generally unaware that their purchase is non-refundable, according to the case. Defendants' unfair, deceptive and unlawful practices, including illegal gambling practices, deceive, mislead and harm consumers, the complainant said. A spokesperson for Take-Two declined to comment, an attorney for the plaintiff didn't immediately respond to a request for comment either. Um, It's just a long-running thing, isn't it, in games, this whole loot box instance? I'm sick of hearing about this. It's the parents' fault. They should teach the kids the value of things. Well, well, you are right in that instance because as a parent just 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 lock your cards on your consoles for god well, yeah. the love of god when i do it when i eventually spawn a child i'm gonna give it a monzo card and then preload it with a certain amount of money so that the kids can't do stuff like this sensible it, it just depends in, well it depends if the adult is a tech savvy maybe they're not but anything that can be used to spend money and surely yeah. they know that on a console you can use, you can buy things with it. Just lock your card details. I don't, I don't understand how this constantly keeps happening. Seems to me. But, on the side, I'm not going to defend Take Two or anything like that because loot boxes are egregious and terrible and awful. 
and it does lead to this sort of not this sort of crap. Yeah, well, I can see it from that point of view as well, where, for example, if you've got something that costs, say, a thousand FIFA points, you really don't calculate that to money. Yeah. Where if you add this costs £10, then you'd have that kind of connection there. If it's digital, it doesn't feel real. That's the thing. I I think that the trouble we have is how, how do we better educate parents to be able to avoid this kind of stuff like is there something that microsoft or sony can can do in in this instance well they might be able to do like a but would people if they did like a web session let's say and like set an email out to everybody saying we're going to be doing something that'll teach you about how to manage money on consoles to make sure your kids are playing games in like a safer environment would Mm. people watch it probably Probably not. not but what they could do is put something on the dashboard of the console. Or the the next time that somebody tries to make a transaction, they've got to watch that video before making the transaction mm. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, make it that intrusive sure. where somebody has I, to use it. Yeah, I, I think you, you could probably do something with that if you make like um, children accounts. So like, uh, you know, I think it's, it's some of them like EA introduced for FIFA, wasn't there? Where like you could put a limit on how much you could buy and then once you try and buy over it it essentially stops you well it doesn't really stop you but it blocks you for a, a certain amount of time yeah. i think if if someone like microsoft or sony kind of implement that on a, an account based thing you know they see x amount's gone out once you reach that limit block it for i don't know an hour or something you know that that could be something implemented potentially I don't. I think a lot of people don't end up making like accounts for the children, do they? It's just like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah just play. Yeah, that's mm. it. Use my. Uh, account. Yeah, I suppose. Well, I suppose that's that if you don't don't just necessarily touch it to the children's account, then like making like a an account feature, you know. Yeah. Because it'd be good for stuff for even just like normal people, like for instance myself. 10 years ago when I was splurging on yeah. FIFA points. Like, if I, if I, if I could, like, put, like, a limit on me, myself, like, yeah, yeah. daily, yeah. or even just weekly, it's like, I've, I've now paid 20 quid. Now I can't go over. The only thing that I would say they should, it should, it should be tied to, um, points that are attached to a game and not just game purchases. So, you know, it's like, if I wanted to buy a new game, yeah. Or buy a couple on a sale or something, and I've put that limit on, and suddenly I can't now buy more than more than what I wanted. Mm. If it, you just tie it to like, like you know microtransactions, I think that'd be fine. I know you listen to Microsoft. <laughs> Probably not. I mean, microtransactions, loot boxes—they're all terrible and all that. But I do think parents, in the end, do need to take a bit of responsibility. Yes. Yeah. A waste. To stop it. There's just there's so many horror stories in news now. Like, how have you not heard of these, and how have you not yeah. learned from them? But in that, there are adults who are just addicted to this kind of thing. And now, it's, yeah. it's well, in in this instance, it could have been prevented. As I say, I'm not. I'm definitely not going to defend Take Two because do is horrible. I mean, they tried to profit off of um, Kobe Bryant's death, so can't defend it for that yeah no it's 
probably the one times where EA is actually a little bit more classy. Because if you see like a footballer passes away, they actually remove them from FIFA, which is yeah. nice to do. Yeah, because you always get those updates, don't you? Well, yeah. So, you know, whenever someone does. Anything else? So, there's been a recent um, update to the Xbox Series X that's going to help you save money on your gas and electric, maybe? So That's well, always a good thing. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So in its latest update, uh, they've changed the way that the energy saving mode works. Um, so if you have your Xbox... Gas. I go gas. Did I say gas? The gas and electric. Oh, electric. <laughs> yeah, Xbox is going to save you the gas. <laughs> That's it. Have, you not, have you not got the um, radiator plugged into your Xbox Series X? You're yeah, not so doing it right. So that's the warmth that comes out of the top of it, right? That's it, yeah. <laughs> I get it. It's the gas. Yeah. Cook an egg on it next time. <laughs> what, have you not tried to put a skillet on the top of the oh, no, yeah. no, You're missing no. all these life hacks, Mark. I don't, yeah. I don't know what's going on. It's Did you not read the It's just wasted energy, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Electric. Yeah. So if you've got your Series X in power-saving mode, um, it uses 20 times less power than in the normal standby mode. Um, but they've made 20 it times. Wow. 20 times. Yeah. Wow, I didn't. I didn't know it was that much. I thought, oh, maybe four or five. So I was like, yeah, let's stick it on power standby mode. Um, and yeah, this morning when I found out, I've switched my Xbox to energy saving mode now, just so because as we know, like the bills are going up astronomically. So anything that we can do to kind of help mitigate that. And for the planet, the best is for the best. Don't you just switch it off then? Well, if it's in, if you've got it in standby mode, it'll go into standby, and when you switch it on, it'll do like quick resume and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, but it doesn't switch off. The console keeps going. Right. So, in doing this, um, you will still get access to quick resume as well. So all that'll still work for you. Um, and. If you buy a Series X console, this will be set as default on all new console purchases. So when it installs, you won't have the option. It'll just be automatically on energy saving mode. And then if you do want it on standby mode, then you'll have to go into the settings and switch that on, which is another step in the right direction. Um, but one thing that, that Microsoft are looking to do with the Xbox brand is they're wanting it to be carbon negative by 2030. Um so this is a step in the right direction there, because they're on track to be the third largest game company with its Activision Blizzard acquisition. So is that when they stop producing consoles? Because this is <laughs> yeah, your thought, it. isn't it? That, that, that they're not going to do any Xboxes in the future. Well, that's it. In my opinion, like this, this maybe the next Xbox will be the last one that they do, and then that's it. They'll be a service-based hmm. company after that in 2030. Yeah. But yeah. If um, if anyone does have a Series X and it's on standby mode, just try switching it to energy saving. Save yourself a bit of cash and save the planet as well. Don't yeah. go wrong okay. there. Right. Shall we uh, swing this back round to our lovely, lovely talking topic that we normally have of uh, Activision and Blizzard? Oh, go on then. Go on then. <laughs> uh, right. So I'm just going to take this from... Um, article that I read on Eurogamer by Tom Phillips. So um, the US Justice Department and SEC, not sure what that stands for. I'm sure someone can tell me. Iron. We go. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm investigating potential insider trading connected to Microsoft's 69 billion buyouts of Ooh, Activision. Insider uh, trading. Mm, the Wall Street Journal has reported. And specifically, the large bets placed on stock by three men just days prior to the deal becoming public. Mm. Um, which sounds a bit fishy. Uh, so just continue. On 14th of January, the men spent more than $100 million on Activision stock options priced at just $40 per share, uh, underneath the company's then $63 price. Um, in effect, they were already making a profit. Four days later on, wait a minute, no, this is all wrong. <laughs> just seeing it. Seeing for saying here, four days later on 18th of February. That's, no, that's about a month and four days later. But um, whichever month is right, we'll continue. Um, Activision announced that it was being bought in a deal worth $95 per share. If and when the deal is rectified, the men the men stand to make more than $100 million in profit. Uh, and then he goes on to say, who are these men? There's former chairman and CEO of 20th Century Fox, Barry Diller, music mogul and DreamWorks co-founder, David Jeffen, and socialite Alexander von Furstenberg. Oh, Anybody who calls themselves a socialite deserves a socialite. Uh, son the, of the German... The name even sounds like a socialite <laughs> as well. Uh, apparently he's the son of German Prince Egon von Furstenberg. Uh, interesting name. Uh, the show are now being investigated as to how they know each other and what they may have known of actually being acquired. However, various details have already, are already public. For example, it's interesting to know that billionaire Diller has served alongside controversial Activision Blizzard boss Bobby Kotick for years as a board member on Coca-Cola. Uh, Diller and Jeffen have been lifelong friends, the WSJ reported, and previously worked together. As for Von Burstenberg, well, Diller is now married to his mom. That just sounds so random. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, just to finish off, uh, Dilla told the uh, Wall, Wall Street Journal, it was simply a lucky bet. We acted <laughs> on no information of any kind from anyone. It was one of those coincidences. Mm, sure. Mm, of course it was. Yes, very lucky bet indeed. <laughs> I wish I had those sorts of lucky bets. Yeah. Let's well, say maybe that, not. You'd probably get in trouble. But. They say that Dilla bloke was a billionaire. Uh, b- 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 yes. So why why does he care about trying to get a hundred million if he's only a billionaire? Why? Do, well, yeah, I guess more money, more money. You want more money? More money. Yeah, more money. More money. Well, the thing is, if I were a billionaire, I'd, I'd be like, great, I'm a billionaire. <laughs> I don't need. I don't need. Well, I say when you. I don't need. Like, if I was a billionaire, I'd be like, right, I'm, my life's yeah. done. I don't need to do anything. <laughs> I've got a billion to spend. It's great. Yeah, but you've got to get a second mega yacht, haven't you? Well, like your billionaire friends won't be. We'll take, you, you, your other billionaire friends will look down on you for not getting the money. <laughs> You've got one Leslie yacht than them. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's just never a ending like cycle of just bad news. Isn't it? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, there's been something else with Activision as well. I mean, this is completely different from that, but they just announced that Call of Duty Warzone is coming to mobile. Yeah, it's probably no real shock there, to be quite honest. But it's like, going down the same path as Fortnite, isn't it? Yeah, so. Largest single platform in the world. But I still won't play it. Well, they've already got like, the most played mobile game in the world already. I mean, we called you Pretty mobile, much. so... 
Yeah. And that's already like a battle royale mode to it, the the old blackout. Yeah. What point it is it? But as well, I say, I, I don't play games on mobile, so. No, he just plays mobile games on PlayStation stuff. Exactly. <laughs> it's my pie fingers. Pie <laughs> and the tiny screen. Uh, Any other news? Talk about um. So you know the game Elite Dangerous. Hmm. A popular PC game. Yeah, it's way to consoles. Do you like it? Think it's any good? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's um. It's one of those you gotta dedicate your time to though. Like, if if you mm. want to if you want to do a lot in it, like getting money and then upgrading ships and stuff, you gotta dedicate a lot of time to. Well, there's been an announcement from uh, Frontier Developments, who are the developers, mm. and it says, "Greetings, commanders. This is their, their thing they put out. So, greetings, commanders. Elite Dangerous is a game close to my heart. My heart? I don't know. It must be an individual. I've not got that individual's name. But it says it's no secret that Odyssey's launch was less than ideal." including the need to split the PC-slash-console player base to focus on a PC-only launch. Since Odyssey's release in May 2021, we have worked tirelessly to improve the Odyssey experience on PC, and whilst we have made great progress, there's still more to be done. We have been supporting the pre-Odyssey and post-Odyssey codebases since. Over the last several months, we have been wrestling with the best way to move forward, and it is with, my heavy, and it is with a heavy heart we have decided to cancel all console development. We need to be able to move forward with the story of the game, and in order for us to do this, we need to focus on a single codebase. Elite Dangerous will continue on console as it is now, together with critical updates, but we will focus on new content updates on PC on the post Odyssey codebase. We appreciate we appreciate this news is not what our console community were hoping for. This was not an easy decision to make, but it was made with the long-term future of Elite Dangerous in mind. Hmm. So I guess PC Master Race is back. Hmm. Unfortunate. I mean, I don't play it myself. But I know it's a big game, and a lot of people like it. And to basically just go, poof, we're not we're not updating you anymore. It's a, it's a bit of pitiful swallow, isn't it? Well, it's a bit of a kick in the teeth for the console players, really. You know, everyone that's dedicated their time to it, um, yeah. and probably were looking forward to the update and whatnot, and then now getting told, oh, actually. You're not going to be getting this because we need to focus on PC because it's easy for us. I mean, I, I can I can see it from their point of view, depending on how big their staff is, how big the company is, yeah. and you know we Makes have sense. gone through, um, you know, every, well, everyone's gone through a difficult period with um, with the pandemic. It's not been easy to develop through it um, as much as you know people have managed to adapt to working from home, but sometimes even doing that can be quite difficult compared to being in the office structure. Yeah. Um, so I can, in a way I can sort of sympathize why they've done it, but I think I, I was reading into it a little bit that if they just offer a way to be able to kind of maybe transfer progress from console yeah, to this, PC. Yeah, this is what I was just about to say. Is, um, is, is that a thing? I think it would do, you know, it, it'd be a, a little less few teeth gone from the kick. I appreciate that there's going to be a lot of console players who just don't have PCs, which is mm. fair enough. And there's nothing you can do about that. Well, but, yeah. But I know there's going to be a lot of people who do have PCs as well. Mm. So, yeah, as you say, if they do find a way to transfer that, then at least that's something, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, at least people can still continue on a different platform. But, but so. not, 
have they announced anything about that? I don't think they have either. Uh, I don't think they have. Um, I think I remember at one point the I don't know if the, if, if it was implemented, but there was something about having a cross progression between Xbox and PC. Hmm. I don't know if that was a thing that they had implemented, if it's still a thing, or if it was just it was a rumor. Yeah. Um, but. Not good news. <laughs> and uh, let's move on to another space-related thing. That's uh, Halo. Mm-hmm. So the multiplayer lead, Andrew Witts, announced he's leaving 343 Industries. Oh. And he wrote, he wrote to Twitter, Today was my last day at 343 Industries. It's been an honour leading the MP design team over these years. Thank you all to, at uh, thank you all at Halo. Uh, fans for the feedback over the years. We made this game for you. Going to take some time off to relax and recharge, but I'm excited. What's next? It's a good or a bad thing for Halo multiplayer, the new Halo Infinite multiplayer. I don't know because it's. I've heard it's been a mixed reception, the Halo multiplayer. Um, hmm. I heard good things when it first came out, but I think that there does appear to be a bit of a slowdown of kind of new content. I think. Like, they did have that whole, like, season, first season, when they started, whether they're on, like, a second season or if they're still on the first one, I'm not sure. Just to see how that goes, if things will improve, if they get someone else, or if someone yeah. comes in and it gets even worse. Who knows? Well, I think there'll be some upheaval early on, um, while they find somebody else and try and navigate through that, but, well, you never know, it might be better. Might get somebody new in with new ideas, but... Where where uh, where's this guy going? We don't know. He's, he's... Oh, apparently to recharge. So. Well, after that though, because he says he's excited to see what comes next. So is he just opening the door for somebody else, or is he already got something lined up? I imagine he's probably got something lined up because I don't think he'd just randomly leave and that be it, would you? Mm-hmm. Oh yes. Shall we now turn to what appears to be well, currently the uh, biggest game of 2022? Yes. Pokemon Legends Arceus? Yes. No. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm talking about Elden Ring. Mm. Oh, that one. Uh, that, oh, one that yes. one. The, the one that I don't think either of us are going to play. But uh, <laughs> at least not from one of the enemies that I saw in the game. So that's that's enough for me. Uh, so I'm not about that angry life. So. No. <laughs> um, so about that mute life, aren't you, Mark? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yep. I just, mute and forget. Yeah, yep, exactly. Uh, so, a couple of reports uh, have come out and said that Elden Ring um, has earned the biggest video game launch in the UK that isn't FIFA or Call of Duty um, since 2018. Uh, do we remember what the game was in 2018 that got the biggest launch in the UK? Uh, 2018. Got a war? No. Red Dead? Yes. Yes, it was Red Dead 2. Um, so just carry on from the article and reading from Eurogamer by Victoria Kennedy. Uh, for a more recent comparison, comparison, can't say the word, uh, <laughs> its large figures were 2.5 times greater than those of Horizon Forbidden West. Um, don't know if that means bad things for that game. I'm not sure. Uh, no, it's all well. <laughs> it's all well, but it... it Horizon seems to have this bad, uh, bad luck of releasing in between really 
big games. Like when the first game came out, like it went up against Breath of the Wild. <laughs> to be honest, though, I don't think that hurts it because it stands on its own two feet. And if you're gonna buy, if you're gonna buy, you're gonna buy it anyway, regardless of what else is coming out. Personally. Yeah. Well, not necessarily. If you've got like a budget, it's like right. I've got to pick between Horizon or Elden Ring. You've got to pick Horizon. Yeah. Well, I mean, according to this, they didn't. So. <laughs> uh, I think it's a be all and end all. Just, no, I don't think this is like oh, this is bad for Horizon. I think it was it's it's just a little bad timing. Like maybe if it was. It had a little bit more distance from Elden Ring, perhaps it'd sell better. No, but the thing is, this might have happened anyway, you know, regardless of when. It could have, yeah, it so. could have as well. Maybe this was just who was going to pick up Horizon on launch and then yeah. who was going to pick Elden Ring. Um, I think if you, want both, if you want to play both games, you're going to end up playing both games anyway, eventually, so. No, true, true. Um, so, just to finish off the article. Um, so it's going on here saying these figures reveal that over 68% of Elden Ring sales came from digital downloads, um, which seems to be getting more and more popular nowadays. Um, uh, some, some heckler in the crowd. Uh, <laughs> with PC and Xbox console being the biggest digital platforms, uh, roughly 85% of Elden Ring sales on Xbox were downloaded, while digital sales accounted for 73% on PC. I'm surprised that's not like 100% for PC at this point. I don't know anyone who buys, who's like a PC game that would buy physical. You know, like Epic stores and, and Steam, but anyway. Uh, so meanwhile, PlayStation users saw almost a 50-50 split between Elden Ring's digital and physical sales. Um, and then that was it. I, I remember, I remember seeing an article as well saying like this was like, um, this was from Software's like biggest game launch out of like all the games they've done, um, quite easily. So, I mean, there's a lot of hype for the game. Um, I'm glad it's doing well. I, I feel like I would like to try it once, but it's like, don't do it, don't do it, Matt. <laughs> try it in terms of I don't want to buy it, but I'll play it someone's house. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll get over my my fear of the the other games and maybe start seeing take Dark Souls seriously. But well, um, I mean that the um the PC version has had a bit quite a bit of stick. Ethical issues. Yeah. Um. There's quite quite a few more noticeable bugs on the PC version. Um. Which has unfortunately led to some refunds. Uh. If you can imagine. Um. I don't think it's quite on the scale of like Cyberpunk, but definitely I think some. Oh yes, yeah, nowhere near Cyberpunk levels. <laughs> um, well, actually, no. Maybe it was worse on PC than Cyberpunk, but certainly console-wise, it was much, much, much better. <laughs> so, it's kind of like the opposite, isn't it? Yeah, we didn't like the opposite. Yeah. Um, there was there was also an argument about. I remember seeing an argument on Twitter from a couple of game devs about um, how bad they thought the user experience of the game was. Um, because Elden Ring really doesn't hold your hand in terms of, like, if you have a quest, there's no real way of tracking it. Isn't that always been the case with those games? But this is, isn't it? They're they're designed (laughs) for that on purpose. I think if you buy a Soulsborne game... I don't know how you put Ring into that now. Soulsborne Ring? Souls (laughs) Souls Ring Born things. Born Souls Ring. Anyway... Uh, if you're going to buy one of those games, you should pretty much know what you're getting into, shouldn't you? You'd think so, wouldn't you? Like, 
they're designed like that on purpose, but that but that also adds to the experience. I mean, I, I can I can see I can see the argument both ways, but really, if you're if you're playing a from software game, you know what you're getting into, and I mean, everyone else thinks it's brilliant because it's currently the highest rated game this year, so it must work for it. <laughs> so I don't know what these. Uh, these game deals were having better. I think I think I might have um, seen the same exchange, Matt. And didn't yeah. the game dev that did uh, Elden Ring turn around to him and say, "Oh, didn't you work on Battlefield 2042?" <laughs> One of them. There was like a there was, uh, I think there was like there was a there was an Ubisoft <laughs> dev, which was like, "Mate, oh yeah, have a, have a look at Assassin's Creed Unity and get back to me." <laughs> have you seen this, Matt? Um, I think there was also, funny enough, there was a Horizon Forbidden West dev there as well, I think. Interestingly enough. So, I don't know. It, it works for the game. The fans seem happy with it. So, if it doesn't hurt you, then why? Don't say any issue with it. <laughs> I'm just here for these devs cussing each other out. Yeah. It's amazing. I'm, I'm just here for the fight, really. Just, you know, the popcorn. Elder Ring, though. So, the publisher, Bandai Namco. This is from IGN. Uh, they've informed its Japanese staff that they will all receive a pay increase from this April. The average monthly salary will be increased by 50,000 yen. To be honest, I don't know what it converts to. But, uh, announced to staff on February 28th, the publisher says in a press release, Bandai Namco Entertainment Inc. will increase the ratio of basic salary to annual income from April 2022 with the aim of improving working conditions by stabilising employee income. We will introduce... Oh, sorry, I was just going to say I've com- done the conversion on 50,000 yen and that works out at £326. Oh, it might be more. Though. So not okay. as much as you would have thought. <laughs> uh, we will introduce a new compensation system that raises the basic salary by an average of 50,000 yen per month for all... Input. Actually, not per month. That's probably not... Oh, per month. That's not bad. Uh, in addition, starter salary will be raised from the previous 232,000 yen per month to 290,000 yen per month. The press release outlines by the Namco's aim to connect with fans via its games. In order to realise this vision, it is essential to promote the active participation of diverse human resources in multiple fields, which is why we have decided to make this revision. I mean, you can't complain with that. You know. Good. Good. More money. Can't complain. Yeah. More money for the people who actually do stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. We don't hear enough about money. that. The money for the people that do the stuff. Yeah. Do the stuff. Yes. The people who are at the top who just watch the people do the stuff. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. It's always good news. Anything else? Yes. I mean, I've got a little <laughs> <bit>. No. <laughs> no, was, um, so Amazon Prime Video is in negotiations for a live action TV series based on God of War. They're starting to do like the Netflix thing now, aren't they? Where they're just trying to get into the gamersphere. Yeah. Because they, aren't they currently doing a is it a Fallout series? And they're also doing yeah, a, they're doing Fallout, a Mass Effect series as well, I believe. I think there's talks about it. Yeah, I don't think there's confirmation. It seems to be happening a lot with these streaming services now, doesn't it? Netflix, Amazon Prime, it's gaming all over the place. We're hitting well, the mainstream. It's, uh, it's it's we're not nerds anymore, isn't it? Really, it's you know, think... <laughs> we're normal people. Yeah, yay. And I think it's it's a safer bet to do a series rather than a film. Yes, I, I do think um, games are much. Better they they, they suit better series. Like you look at something like The Witcher, right? Absolutely 
definitely suit. Well, second season suits anyway. <laughs> I've still watched that. Uh, but yeah, they, they are much better as a series because mm. we've said it before. Like films just don't seem to work. And get, I mean, I know we have these odds exceptions. You know, we like the Sonic, Sonic. Hedgehog film. Yeah. I think I think the reason why Sonic did so well is because pretty much everyone knows who Sonic is, but not everybody knows who Kratos is. So if that was to be a film, you'd have to go into the lore of who he is, what he's done, and two hours or three hours is not long enough to kind of give him a backstory and delve into a new story. I'll do character development in that long for films to make people care about them. Yeah. I, I think it's... it's um... I think it depends on the series as well. Like something like Sonic, it's not got the deepest story, so you can you can kind of get away yeah. with doing a film because you don't have to deep lore of Sonic. So yeah. Sonic is deep. Uh, it's got a favorite food. Well, I know, but they're they're addressing that in the second film. So um, yeah, you know, something like something like Fallout and potentially Bioshock as well. That's um, being rumored yeah. for Netflix. Yeah. Stuff where there's, there's a really long story to tell, then it's better to do it in a series rather than try and cut that story and fit as much as possible. Yeah. So. No, it's good. Um, I'd definitely love to see. Ooh, I'd like to see how they do this. Though. Would it be the based on the remake, or will they go all the way back to the original God of War, kind of tell the the origins of Kratos? I think it'll be more like the new ones. I think that. They've, it's really popularised, hasn't it? You know, it, that, that was it 2018 when it got a war. Yeah. That was so successful. Mm. Winning like multiple Game of the Year awards. I can see totally just basing it around that. Or it just so, be a new independent story, maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah. But I think it'll be revolving around him and Atreus, I think. Because I think if you go back to that old one, you're going to be lost a lot of people. They're going to be like, what's this? This isn't the kind of what I know. Yeah, just then go around killing gods. Yeah. Not, not really too much in terms of the character development side. But who knows? You never know. You never know. Right. Just uh, I'll, I'll finish off with a little bit of quick news that I wanted to bring up because it's uh, important to me. Uh, <laughs> so Capcom have uh, come out and announced they are going to be releasing three next-gen upgrades for... Uh, but not just Resident Evil 2 remake. They're doing it also for the third remake, or three, and for uh, Resident Evil 7 as well. Uh, so they come out saying that the upgrade will include ray tracing, high frame rates, and 3D audio, 3D audio, as well as haptic feedback with the DualSense controllers on PS5. Um, they didn't come out and say they didn't have a release date for them as of yet. Um, but any excuse for me to go back to Resident Evil is good enough for me. So it's never looked fantastic as it was. Yeah. Seven was incredible. Like and it was the first game on the RE engine, um, mm. which doesn't stand for Resident Evil, funnily enough. Uh, does it not? What does it stand for? No. Apparently, it stands for Reach for the Moon. What? Hey, what? How did you get that what? from RE? <laughs> because the symbol for the RE engine is a hand reaching up towards the moon. But they've just shown it to Ari. I don't know why. <laughs> it's Japan. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's, that was something that I found out. It's it's not it's not meant. It doesn't stand Lies. for Resident it's, Evil. No, no, it's, it's Resident Evil engine. Lies. <laughs> <laughs> we might need I'm that in the quiz one day. Of the Resident Evil. 
speech for the moon. Look, if it's, if it's on a quiz one day that we do, you will thank me. <laughs> but, yeah, the, I'd, I'd love to see what Resident Evil 7 will look like. We've been the first game on the new engine. Like, it'll definitely benefit from... I'd just say we have to feedback as well. Have to feedback, yes. Which I'll be taking off. Uh... <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not. On VR. <laughs> no. No, I'll look forward to it. I'll, I'll definitely be going back and trying them out. Good thing they're, they're free as well. I'm happy that it's free. Sony mm. 10. Um... <laughs> so, are these free upgrades, do we know? Or... Yeah, they're going to be free up, free upgrades to, if you own the games currently. Oh, cool. Um, whether they make like separate purchases if you don't own them, I'm not sure. It could just be just get a PS4 version and you get a free upgrade. I think Rockstar should take some note on that. I was just going to move make, on to this. They could just pay for <laughs> GTA 5 again. Yeah, I mean, mm. I mean, if you're on PS5, it is if you own the game, it's something like eight pounds seventy-five or something, which isn't bad, but it's not good either. It's the third generation this game. This game's beyond. Well, I'm not going to buy it again. <laughs> that is just for the the story mode as well, though. Oh, yes, like the right. online multiplayer will be free, if I believe. It's for three months on PlayStation. So if you you can get it within three the first three months for free on PlayStation. After that, it's about is it twenty quid something like that. I can't quite remember, but it does cost after that. Wait, unless, so I, unless I'm mistaking that with a story mode. I can't remember. I can't remember. This, you do have to pay for it eventually. So then what, wait, so, so if I, so this £8.75, which is for the PS5 upgrade. Yes. That purely just for the campaign. Yes. So at some point after three months, I would have to then. Pay more. Pay more for the. Yes. That's the point. Decision deal. Well, I, I, what made me laugh is just people just like always before all this got announced. I mean, the, the announcement for the upgrade was was happening, was had been made, but mm. no price had been given. Mm. And everyone's like, oh, it's going to be a free upgrade. I was thinking, what? Do you not know Rockstar? <laughs> How could you even possibly think this would be a free upgrade? I mean, have you been living under the rock or something? I mean, living under a rock star. Um, <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> yeah, boo, boo that man. Yeah, boo me. I deserve the bonus. Uh, I don't even want to say anything about that bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. No, we need to address I'm, it when it's bad, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be up myself now. So. That's that's good. Uh, Let's move on. What, what's the shocked face? Yeah, what's, what's the... Nathan? The cost. Go on. Right. Oh. So up until the 14th of June, yep, so you'll be able to get it. Thing. Yep. You'll be able to get it for. Ten dollars or whatever that equivalent is in pounds. Eight pounds seventy-five. After June, it's going to cost thirty-nine ninety-nine in dollars, which is probably around thirty quid. More like thirty-five. Yeah. I wish I could swear. <laughs> you could. I mean, I'll just, I mean, I'll, I'll put in the dolphin sign. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to see some editing. I'm not. I'm. I'm going to find this one. Ah. It's not even Rockstar, it's the it's Take Two. Take Two, They're the responsible ones. Or irresponsible in this case. Sorry. It's over for the five years until GTA 6 comes out. Oh, sorry, GTA Online 2 comes out. Yeah, that's better. I'm going to bring back the hashtag save uh, Red Dead Online. Yeah, save Red Dead Online, <laughs> yeah. 
Do you know what? I never thought I'd need this uh, double shot, but I think it's time. Let's just reiterate that. It's a coffee shot, not... Yeah, it's not, it's not down Yeah, that's it. Sunday at eleven forty five it's time for a shot of Sambuca. I don't know So, a streamer has is been able to beat a notoriously hard Elder Ring boss with a custom controller. I shall continue. So this is from Destroyed. Destroyed. Uh, a streamer prominent in the modded control scene, Super Lewis sixty four. Released a video where he beat one of the notorious bosses in Elden Ring, Godric the Grafted, with a controller made entirely out of what? Cheese. Oh, what a good guess. I've, yeah, I've, I've seen it. Oh, so you know it. Oh, okay. I, I know Go on then, what is it? He beat him with bananas. Yes. So, the setup included 11 of the potassium-packed hand fruits wired to a circuit board that Lewis programmed himself. Basically, each banana corresponds to a different button input, it took a bit more tweaking to get the modifier set up to work with a PS4 controller, but of course he got it working in the end. Uh, the banana controller is basically just a bunch of bananas laid out on the desk in front of him, and he presses on each one to get the desired input for the button that the banana controls. Pretty simple. But Lewis also said that it smells pretty bad, which makes sense because it's just a bunch of bush bananas sitting out. Uh, Lewis calls himself the controller bender, as this was not his first romp with a less than conventional control scheme. He's built a Fat Cat controller on which to play Final Fantasy XIV, tackled Dark Souls with the controls of Ring Fit Adventure, and beat Halo 3 on Legendary Difficulty with a Guitar Hero controller. So yeah, bananas are the way to go. Is this the same guy that did a certain game with a pomegranate that we talked about? No, that was a different person. I was going to ask if he beat um, Hades. That was it, yeah. <laughs> You've forgotten. <laughs> I mean, if if somebody could be an Elden Ring boss with a banana, then we've all got a chance. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> oh, he just always begs the question as to why. I just why? <laughs> why do humans do anything? Because we can. That's yeah, the wrong question. Yeah, but if I had eleven bananas in front of me in the desk, I'd just eat them. I mean, probably not those ones. I think they've gone off by now. Oh, yeah, probably. probably The bad smell. They've got wire sticking out of them and all. Yeah. Don't mind a bit of electrocution? It's just like... What? 11 bananas? I just don't get it. It's just... They're just... Out there, shall we say. But good on them. It's been easier. And I guess that's it for the news. Okay, shall we move on to what we currently play? Yeah. Oh, why not? Uh, ooh, wants to start. You do. Okay, I knew that would come in. Bye. Well, I might, I might as well stop. Now, it's probably no surprise that I haven't got much other. I haven't played any other games since the last one. And of course, I've, well, after 72 hours, I've now completed Horizon Forbidden West. Wow. wow. I mean, that wasn't just story. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> I did, a bit slow. I did eke it all the, out. Is it the fabled plan? Oh, no. No, no, no. no. Oh, well, I'll explain, <laughs> I'll explain why. There's, there's one thing that I just can't do. That's just oh. really irritating me. So, oh, and I also sat through 45 minutes of credits at the end of the game. Uh, only for there to be no credit scene afterwards. What? <laughs> 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 nope. So I was like, thanks, game. How could you do that to me? But <laughs> Could you have a hand in the credits? Yeah. 
So I was I was a bit annoyed about that. Oh no, the, the, the start of the credits scene is pretty cool. So I would have managed to watch that. But anyway, uh, overall, I think it's terrific. I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't know if the story is quite as gripping as the first game, mm. but it's still quite enjoyable. I mean, I don't know how you could possibly be quite as more interesting in that first one. Um, but anyway, but I think the star of the game is actually the side quests. I really like the side quests. I think they're a lot more involving, they're more in depth. I like the more character development of the people you meet. That's um, they feel like proper stories, and you end up feeling like you're vested in their lives, which I just think is like really good. I mean, that's the kind of thing I just love. Like I wanted to hear like every piece of dialogue that anyone who I could speak to would give me, because I'm just you know I'm just a nerd. So um, unfortunately, I did come across a few books throughout my time with the game. One was a bit weird is that every now and again like at random moments the screen would momentarily go black for like half a second and then come back on and i don't know why it seemed to do that every now and again when i'd like i'd just done something like whether i just opened my stash box and then closed it and then a return to game it just goes black screen for like half a second and it comes back on oh that's strange i've not noticed that so far but i'm only about seven hours in right but it was mentioned on their last patch notes for their because they have been doing continued updates which is good to see and it, it was on that to be fixed, but it still happened to me after that. So I don't know. It's just a bit weird. And like you might take a machine down and then suddenly it'll happen. I, I don't know. It's it's not like a constant thing. It's it's just every once in a while it just happens. I'm just like, oh, okay, you've just broken the emergency slightly there. Um, but I had three significant bugs in terms of side quests. So nothing in the major story, but they sort of hampered my progress with them. I managed to get round the ball eventually, but it's kind of annoying. So the first one I encountered was a a side quest where you meet two people in a village, and then one of them just says, "Oh, will you come with me to take down this machine?" And the good thing about the game is that on quite a few other side quests, it will give you an option whether you want to do that do that now. The person will say to you, "Oh, do you want to come and do this with me now?" Or will you meet me there? So I was like, well, I'm here now. I might as well just do the side quest. I said, right, okay, I'll come with you. So he ran off. And then obviously I've got to follow him. And then he just, we got to this open area and then he just stopped and just stood still. Didn't do anything. I'm like, what's going on here? Why why have you just stopped here? I know we're not at the finish point because I can see the markers over there. So why are you not going there? So I did what any typical gamer would do at this moment and try and blow him up. Because that's what you do in this, in this situation. No, you, you try and get the game to kick in somehow by doing something to the character who's not moving. So I start throwing rocks at him. I start throwing like explosive arrows. trying to smack him with my spear. <laughs> I thought, right, well, that's not working. So I ended up restarting. So I did the last auto save, And then it started again from, from the village. So he runs out again. Chasing him again. He does the exact same thing here. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Why are you doing this? So I thought, right, I'll get... There were some machines nearby. So I thought, right, I'll get involved in a fight with the machines, and then hopefully he will join the fight, and that'll get him moving. Yeah, I'll lock him. Yeah, so I did that. Uh, he got involved in the fight. It was great. Uh, we killed all the machines, and then he just still hiding behind a piece of, like, rock. It's just like, why aren't you moving? Why aren't well, you going to the place? <laughs> I think we've established that this person's the most powerful character in the game. Because he doesn't take any damage, so, yeah. so what's going on? So he just 
doesn't do anything. So what I ended up having to do is go to an earlier save before I got to the village. I mean, thankfully, they're all, it continuously does a bunch of auto-saves. And so I had to go back before that, go to the village again, have this conversation with them both again. And then I just said, I'll just meet you there. <laughs> I won't run with you to the place. And then that's how I got around it. So ever since that point, I've just decided every time any side quest said meet you there, I just did that option because I just didn't want to encounter that sort of stuff. Again. <laughs> uh, second bug I came across was a another side mission. In fact, well, these are all side missions. But, uh, second, I was in the forest helping a guy out, and we went, we got to the market in the place, and then it said talk, talk, talk to this guy. Got there, no talk prompt. So I'm just like, right, I guess we're just going to stand here in the middle of the forest, just doing nothing. Because you won't talk to me. So I had to reload that one, but then that worked. And it's just iffy little things. You can get around them, but they're just annoying at the time. And the final one, this I think this is the most infuriating one for me. Um, so this is pretty late on in the game, so I'm not going to go too much into it. Basically, you have to climb, you're climbing a structure with someone else. And you have to pull a beam down, and then you have to climb a ladder. But the ladder has got a lock, locking mechanism on it. So you have to shoot the locking mechanism to get the ladder to come down. Because otherwise you can't reach it. There was no lock mechanism on the ladder, from what I could see. So, and I thought, right, well, the mark is at the top of the ladder. So I've got to, surely, say, right, I've got to go up the ladder. That makes sense. That's games. And I looked on the um, guides online to see if I if I do something completely wrong at this point. And it said, it just it, all they said was just shoot the lock. I was like, what? Lock? <laughs> There is no lock there. So oh, right, right, okay. This, this is a bit weird. So I started doing this reloading stuff, just and getting back to that point. Just wasn't there. Just would not appear at all. It was just got to that point. Nothing to shoot. No. Now maybe this was well. Maybe this is me not noticing this or something. But it was it was a bit odd because all the times that I was trying to do, I must have tried about six or seven times to do that. And it just weren't there. But I then noticed that all the times I was doing it were at night. And I did one during the day, and I could faintly see something there. And I shot it, and it worked. Because I went down and did a main mission in between all this. Just because I thought, right, I'm just not going to have to do that until they patched it or something. So I managed to get the lock shot and all that. But it was weird because all the other locks on every other ladder in the game highlight on your focus. This didn't. And so it just really irritated me. So eventually I managed to get around that, but that's fine. But they're the main irritants I had during the game. But overall, I really enjoyed it. I would encourage you to play it. So yeah, that's it. That's all I've been playing. Because as I say, it took me 72 hours. So there we go. And I've still got bits and bobs to do. But that's Oh, the thing that I couldn't do. So there are four melee pits in the game. So basically it's... They've added a bunch of like combo things you could do with your, oh, yeah. with your melee stuff. And they have sort of like training pits. So there's four locations around the map where you can do these training things. And you do these, um, there's like three or four techniques that you do. And then you get to fight the pit boss at the end of it. I managed to do three of the pits. The fourth one, I can't do. Because what happens is it does a thing where you get like a minute and a half to do a combo that's given you. And it has the button prompts on the right, and you have to like nail the button prompts, and then obviously it does the thing. 
But if you get a button prop wrong, it restarts it all. And I just, it's just, I just can't do it. And I'm pressing the buttons, the correct buttons that he's telling me to press, and yet he just says wrong input and just restarts. And it's just really irritating me this one, and I just can't do it. I really can't. It's just, I don't know, I don't know, because it's like R1, R1, pause, R1, R1. But there's no logic to what the pause means. There's, I don't know how long a pause is meant to be. To tell you. But it's just, it's just irritating, and you're pressing the correct button, and it's just going wrong input. You've, you've said press R2. I pressed R2, and now you're saying I did it wrong. So, shut up, game. Um, yeah, it's... But, yeah, that's the only irritants. That's, in terms of actual things, that's irritating me. Oh, Vista points. You know Vista points that they had in the first game? They're back in this. They are so fiddly. I I mean, ridiculously fiddly. If you're not pinpoint accurate where you're standing to view those, those Vista points, then you're not getting it. <laughs> That was so annoying. I spent ages just climbing, jumping over around a cliff, trying to get one of these Vista points. It's just like, nah, I'm sick and tired of this. It's just one of the bits where just do better. Just have a little window where I can at least stand and it works. But no, 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 you've got to be perfectly accurate. But anyway, anyway, enough of that. I sound like I'm being angry with the game. No, it is a terrific game. Uh, absolutely. But yeah, there's just a few annoyances along the way. But yeah, that's all I've been playing. So, Nathan. Yeah, good segue. So, in the last podcast, as Mark was talking about Horizon Forbidden West, I decided to go and buy it because he hyped me up for it. And so I've been playing a bit of that myself. I'm about seven hours in so far. Uh, you weren't lying about the two-hour like reintroduction yeah. tutorial. <laughs> um, I just, honestly, in my eyes, I thought, I'll blast through this in about an hour. Mark's just been slow, but it's literally two hours, and that's probably by design but yeah yeah i mean it's a good introduction back because i played like yourself i played the first game fairly recently so a lot of it just came naturally but if you'd had that five-year wait i can understand why you'd might need to reintroduce some of the game mechanics and to show some of the new mechanics as well so like the grapple and how that works and all the new traversal aspects that that gives you uh, which at one point did get me a bit stuck um so i was it was the stage where you tried to traverse uh, to get that shuttle to fall on those uh, snake creatures. And um, I didn't know that I needed to go up. So I was trying to jump off the edge of this thing to try and grapple onto something that wasn't there. And I must have been there for like five minutes trying to do it. Just kept jumping to your death. Yeah, that's it pretty much. And then till, till I looked up and saw a marker there, like, oh, I should have just done that to begin with. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, sometimes the game doesn't really hold your hand as much as I'd like. But that's just my opinion. But yeah, I got through that first like two hour point, which is a, like a really great introduction to the game. And it sets the game up really well because it goes off the back of the original where you need to kind of go and find silence because it's set six months after the original game. And Ayla is trying to find a backup of Gaia. She feels that she's explored every avenue until she finds this new one. and And then it goes from there, really. But in terms of the the gameplay itself, it's just pretty much a carbon copy of the original in terms of like the fighting for me. But I'm, I'm really enjoying it. There's new factions that have come into play as well. So as you've gone west, you've found out about different tribes. I don't want to go into it too much because I've just come into contact with this more advanced faction. 
and I'm really interested to see where that goes because they've got somebody with them that really makes me question what direction this game is going to go in. But yeah, I've um, just really enjoyed what I've played so far. I've I've come up with I've come up against one graphical glitch glitch so far, so I don't think I've come up as many as as yourself, Mark. But and that was basically just a break in the water, which had like a line through it, and right. that was it. I've I've not I don't like any black screens or anything like that, but that might be because I might be using a different patch to yourself. Have you are you running on performance better? Why would he play it? I don't know. Because I just clicked through all that because I wanted to just get straight into the game. So I didn't. Fair enough. Yeah. Because that's what I'm playing now. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go and check and just see if I can find out. See if that makes any difference. And I've got it running on story. So in terms of the levels of the game, below easy is story. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the that's the no. mode I'm playing on. I mean, you're getting daggers from Matt, but it's, it's fair enough for me. <laughs> Oh, I just thought I, 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 can't, again. I can't complain. I mean, I've got my own story of a game that I've played, so oh, there you go. We'll, we'll get there. But yeah, looking forward to playing more of Forbidden West. Really enjoying it so far. No issues from myself. Jolly good. Good. The next game that I've been playing is it was developed by Hazelnut Studio, so the same developer that did It Takes Two, a game that I really enjoyed. Hazel Light, uh, not Hazel Milk. Sorry, ha- <laughs> I don't know why I wrote Hazel Milk. Hazel Hazel Light. Tasty. Mmm, delicious. Um, you were just hungry so, at the time, that's all it was. Yeah, probably, yeah. So before they did It Takes Two, they did a game called A Way Out, which is mm. a story about two people, um, Leo and Vincent, as they try to escape from prison. And all Great the game, game. players are co- co-op-based. And... Me and my wife are playing that at the minute and really enjoying it. To be honest, well, she doesn't enjoy playing it with me because I keep getting caught as we try to escape from the prison. I'm guessing you're Leo. No, I'm Vincent. Lisa's Leo. (laughs) But yeah, so I think the game's only about five to six hours long, so it's not the longest game. And we're about we're about four hours in so far, so we've not completed just yet. But I think in one more session, we'll we'll get there. But as you as you start, you don't really know each other and then you form this bond and you've got to kind of talk to inmates to get information in order to put a plan together to get out of prison and then you work together to put the, everything in motion and then it goes from there. Um, I do like some of the I do like some of the ethical decisions it makes you make because sometimes you get to a stage where, for example, once you've got out of prison, spoiler alert, it's gone way out. But... <laughs> uh, you get to a point where you've got to go into this farmhouse to kind of get new clothes and everything, and you can make the decision whether to let the horses out in order for the people that run the farm to go and chase them so you can go in the house and do what you need to do, or do you hold them up at gunpoint? So, like, between me and Lisa, we had a, to have a conversation say, right, what do we want to do? And most of the time we go in vincent's side so you've both got to make the same decision in order to yeah. continue yeah that's that pretty good it's like when if you get two people playing it was just stubborn yeah <laughs> they're just holding the opposite ways it's just like nope not moving nope not changing because both people yeah. got, to, got, to, got to put the same input haven't they? <laughs> to make the yeah decision. that's it 
yeah. So it's I like I like the bits like that so far, and uh, we've not really gone Leo's way. Um, there's one funny bit in the game. You get we get to a trailer park, and there's a section where you speak to this person's wife, and she doesn't know where her husband is. But you go and knock on a particular trailer, and you find her husband sleeping with somebody else. And Lisa's like, oh, I'm going to go and tell her. And so Lisa went to go and tell this person where the husband is, and then. This this person went round to that trail and just kicked the crap out of her husband with a baseball bat. Uh, that was pretty funny. And um, they just let, it's it's littered with little mini games as well, so you can play darts. Um, yeah. There's there's like a little fishing section as well, as where you got to catch fish. So there's like a good kind of good mix of of different gameplay styles there. And it's just I would say it's a re- it's a relaxing game, but it's just a, it's just a nice game that you can just play with somebody and you can work together, um, go through a few of these ethical decisions, and it's just a really good game. Like just really enjoying it so far. Yeah, I really and, liked, yeah. I, I really liked Way Out. I actually, mm. I've completed it twice. Uh, Have you? We, yeah, me and my brother, we, we we did role reversal, so we did one. So I started off as Vincent, and then mm-hmm. the second playthrough I did Leo. Yeah. Just so we. Oh, had that's good. Yeah, I might, really, do really that. That. might do that. I might do that after we've done it this time. So just see what the other person has to go through. Yeah. Uh, the next game that I've been playing is well, I'll just go a bit about Fortnite. So Fortnite, yeah, as Mark rolls his <laughs> eyes. So I've managed to get to level hundred. I say I've managed to get to level hundred. I've played about six games. Lisa played the vast majority of the games for me. So thank you for that. We also ended up doing a duo tournament, which basically it was Lisa doing all the hard work while I just stood there and got killed all the time. So I really let the team down. But even though I were rubbish, we came third in that tournament. So we did pretty well. Got a little bit of money. So that was nice. How, how did the, I, I don't know anything about it. So how did the tournament work exactly? How, how did you come third? In it? Is it just one game? What is it? So over a... Um, 90 minute period you go into games together a duo matches and you get points for how many kills you do within the game or if you win the game so if you win a game you get like five points and it's one point per kill and it's your top two games throughout that 90 minute period right okay so there's like a few things that go into it and then it's and then using those statistics it works out the leaderboard and then you get paid whatever money and you get paid for placing in the top five. So it's only a, a few quid, but it's better than nothing. And we had a pretty decent time. Well, finishing third, that's no, no, no slouch there. Yeah. It's pretty good. And we found that because Lisa invited me to her game, we got all the sweats as well. So because I think one of the reasons why she invited me to do this was because I've not played it much. So we get like the worst lobbies. Um, but so next time if we do that, then I'll invite her and then we'll see if we can actually come first. So see how oh, that goes. Try to cheese it. It's trying to cheese it. the system. <laughs> hey, it's all about that moolah. So yeah, so that was good. The next thing I played is a demo. So I ended up playing the demo for Kirby and the Forbidden Land. So there's a demo you can download from the eShop and it lets you play the first three levels. And I enjoyed it so far. The first um, three levels? Yeah. That's quite a big yeah. Of a demo. To be honest, it only takes about half an hour or so, so it's not that long into the game. But the, it can also, when you get the full game, it transfers what you've done over as well. So it's not as if anything you've done is lost. 
so that's good. So as Kirby, I've been Colby, not the Pokemon. I've been Carby, hey. and I've been a vending machine, which doesn't really go. So I've just said vending machine on that. Vendby. Um, yeah, Vendby. <laughs> so I'd liken this game to more of like a Mario 3D land rather than Odyssey, I'd say, in terms of the the way it plays. Um, when you first start the game, you, you're Kirby on this beach, and I've decided to try and go in the water. So I basically Kirby's got this little rubber ring on, and he's just like floating around. And I end up just doing that for about two or three minutes, just rising around with Kirby in his little rubber ring. That was cute. And then after that, it's down to business. Eating creatures, spitting them back at other creatures, transforming into other different things like cars. You get to be the car pretty early on. Um, and that was pretty cool. Like literally within the first like two or three minutes, you get into this car showroom and they become Carby. And then you can run things over. And it's got nitrous as well, this car, for some reason. Even though it looks like a little beetle. It's it's got some pace on it. But yeah, it's from what I played, it's just a, it's just a really solid platformer, really enjoyable. And I'm, I think I'll definitely get it when it comes out because I really enjoyed that. And then the last thing that I played, something that's got quite a lot of stick, is the GTA trilogy. So if you follow us on Instagram, you'll know I posted something a couple of weeks ago about getting these games and trying them out. And I will say it's not as bad as I thought. So I've only played Grand Theft Auto San Andreas because that's my favourite. That is the best one. No, it's not, but let's not get into that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the first thing I did, because we'd all seen like the videos of the rain, I put the storm sheet in, and the, the rain seems fine. It's not as bad as it as it looks before, so the patches are working. I tried some of the cheats that we had back on the PS2, like the jetpack cheat, that still works. Weapons. Um, I tried the Hydra cheat. But when I did go in the Hydra and start shooting buildings and things, I did see some frame rate issues there. But bar that, it's it's pretty solid. Like I don't know whether it's just the nostalgia in me just hyping it up to the max, but I was just really excited just to play it and just cause some havoc. What's the shooting like now? Because this is one thing that I don't, I've never really seen much about. There was no before the game launched and all that, we didn't really see much of shooting. Okay, that's yeah. It. Is it improved? Is it better? What? I'm not expecting it to be exactly like GTA 5. No, it's, it's but I not was GTA expecting 5. Better. For what I've, the bits I have seen, did it impress me? Mm. Or is it just me making assumptions? Um, it's not bad. It's basically you kind of lock onto somebody and then you can move the analog stick and shoot them wherever you want. Um, right, yeah. So... Yeah, to be honest, I've not played a vast amount because I only got it installed on Thursday, last Thursday, so a few days ago. Um, and I've not had the, too much opportunity to play it because basically what I ended up doing was bringing it into work, installing it on the work PS4 and playing it on my lunch. Okay. So, but um, but yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. I've, I've done a couple of missions, um, got killed a few times. So Wasted got wasted a few times but yeah i'll carry on playing that in the coming weeks and see if there's anything else that i find but oh there is actually one one thing that i noticed when it's raining and it's wet you can actually see the traffic lights through the puddles 
So there's like little nice quality of life changes like that that you wouldn't normally notice that just look really good. But yeah, I mean, graphically, it's as I expected it to be. Just it's kept the same, pretty much the same style as the PS2, but like bumped it up a little bit in terms of its textures. And yeah, it's just good. I mean, I've not got any complaints about it so far, really. So there was a thing about the, um, you know, the draw distance thing. Yeah. You know, where basically you could see the entire map. It's just like, that doesn't look right. Has that been sorted? Or have you not come to a point where you've noticed that? I've not really come to a point where I've noticed that yet. Because I'm that early on in the game, I'm at the point where if I go to a bridge, it's got the um, <laughs> yeah. like the stuff there that stops you, all the building work going on. Yeah. So okay. I've not really had a chance to look at that bit yet, but I'm sure I will. And uh, when I get to that point, I'll, I'll let you know. But yeah, that's what I've been playing. What about you, Matt? Me? Not not too much this time around. I will just actually add so a little bit extra to, to add on my list. So with Nathan bringing his GTA trilogy to work, I, I got I got to have a little go on on it myself. But I, I played the uh, I played the best GTA if I see. So uh, <laughs> yep. I little go of that myself actually. It's not it's not too bad. I think I think I'm probably in agreement with Nathan. There's certainly not as, as bad as what it's, it's been made out to be. Well, Although, they, did, they did just release a new patch, didn't they? I think Quite so. Recently. Yeah. So I'm kind of glad that the as the GTA series has progressed that the driving mechanics have been improved because the driving Vice City feels a bit. Hmm. I suppose PS2. So, does, so the driving <laughs> so the driving does feel different, does it, in this one? In these. Maybe, maybe a little bit. I remember the so the, the starting car that you've got in Vice City. I was driving it. I was I, was, I wanted to go to sort of turn a corner, and I initially braked, but then it kind of it, it wanted to slide around the corner. I was like, whoa. Oh, right. okay. Whether that was that's intentional because all, all all the different cars have obviously got different handling mechanics. Like, yeah, like I've been in a supercar and it, it goes around corners pretty quickly. Obviously, but a little bit more kind of hunker to the ground so it doesn't slide quite so much. But no, it's, it's, it's not too bad. Um, I did a couple of missions. I didn't get to shoot anything because you don't get a gun straight away in Vice City. So. One question. Do cars still roll over and explode? Couldn't confirm that. I'm, I'm not. Normally if I drive, I drive like a like an actual pedestrian. <laughs> I'm like, oh, red light, go stop for that. <laughs> uh, I'll find that out if I, if I get some more time playing it. One thing we did notice, actually. Oh, yeah, you can play it as much as you want. One thing we did notice is that there was a car coming up to me and I thought it was going to run into me, but it just stopped. Did yeah, you remember seeing that? that? Yeah, there was a, so like Nathan's on like the, I suppose kind of motorway kind of a bit. And um, this car's coming up to my speed. But as soon as it came up to me, it was like, Neat. like it just stopped. Like there was no like slow down. It was literally just as soon as you go for a Nathan just stops. They're like, it's an emergency oh, stop. Yeah. <laughs> That was a bit strange. Like, I didn't try and run over Nathan at all. <laughs> bit, of, bit of a weird one, but we'll see. I'll see what I find out if I play a little bit more of it. So, the games that I have been playing. So, there's only been two. There's one that I've continued from last time, which has been Yakuza Kiwami 2. So, I have put about 40 to 45 hours of it, and I have completed it. Hey. Um, it does feel... 
I don't know if this is by design or maybe just kind of the stuff that I was doing, but it definitely feels like the shortest Yakuza game that I've played so far. Yeah, when you say you say 42 hours. Between 40, 45. Because <laughs> I remember you, Zero took me forever. <laughs> yeah, Zero's definitely took me the longest, but that was pure because I, I wanted to do the... Um, yeah, I tried I to, to do, do like the, the yeah. yeah, pretty much. Whereas in, like, in this one, they do have the Cabaret minigame again. And the um, Majima construction clan career style game, um, which is, I don't think I talked about this last time, but it's basically you'll have a, a group of NPCs, including Majima, and you have to defend your like construction equipment from a rival clan that wants to take over the Kamurocho Hills construction stuff. And it is, it is pretty good. I did, I did enjoy it. So you got like um, some of the NPCs could have like a like a fire style, not fire style. Sorry, like uh, they can be attackers. Some can be defenders. So they're more kind of tanky. You know, they'll they'll more H, HP and will defend more. Or you've got like you can get a mixture of the two that have like a bit of a balance. So you've got you know, like your ranged ones as well. They'll just shoot guns from afar. And so far, I've been I, I did enjoy that part of it. But I didn't know if there was any sort of like, I didn't really look up in sort of kind of what reward you would get if you completed it. Because like in Zero, if you did the Cabaret one, then you unlocked the Mad Dog of Shinamo style for Majima, which is like a crazy fire style. It's like meant to be his like legendary fire style that he's known for. And then if you do the um, the other one for Kiryu, um, the, the, the real estate stuff. You get his final sort of fire style, which is like the dragon of Dojima. Yeah. So I didn't know if you got that kind of stuff as well in this one, because obviously you only play as Kiryu in the main campaign. So I, I was less, not as bothered in, in doing those kind of um, stuff. So yeah, I, I wasn't as bothered in complaining those. And then there isn't, I do feel like there's, there seems to be less minigames in this one. I don't know if that's because it's, I can't remember. It's, I think it's the second game that's been made on the Dragon Engine. Cause I think the first one's from Yakuza 6. But it does feel like there's less minigames. So, like, I think I remember I, I played the darts, kind of played that. There's, uh, you can play a, a golf minigame. So you have to, um, there's different difficulty levels to it. But it's basically you have to hit the ball closest to the pin to get more points and stuff. And there's also like a bingo style one as well, where there's this like massive bingo tile that you have to hit all the numbers in. Like the more bingos you made, so if you made like a straight line, that's a bingo. If you do the corners, that's another bingo. If you knock them all out, right, that's it. you get like 10, 10 shots to like knock all the panels out basically, which is fun. There's also a men's toilets mini game. Uh, uh, okay. I, I don't know how to say it quite. Pe- so basically, the, there's a there's a new hunger system in the game, where like if you go to restaurants, you can order food, but it fills up your bladder. So once you've got max bladder, camera's filling in. Once bladder. you've got, uh, <laughs> I suppose your bladder's full, you can go to uh, men's toilets in the I think it's in, like, in the arcades. And basically, I think Japan's kind of known for this, where they have like mini games while peeing, basically. Okay. And the more, it's a bit of like a balance. Like you can you can put more force into it or less force in your 
stream. Uh, and there's like little mini games to do that. So that that was quite funny. Just seeing how satisfied Kyu's face is when he wins <laughs> after that. It's, it's very Japanese. <laughs> Karaoke, that's that's fun. There is no disco. There isn't any disco in this one. Um, which I can take or leave it. No pool. I was a bit, bit, bit disappointed. But I do feel like minigame-wise, there, there just wasn't as much to do, maybe. But that's that's fine, I suppose. Maybe if I play some of the others, I'll get like a good range of it. But um, I did really enjoy this one. I do think the story isn't as good as Zero or the first one. But it still had me engaged. It's still got the usual kind of Yakuza twists that you that you see coming or you don't or you just like that justifies logic basically <laughs> and no really enjoyed it combat is the combat's more weapon oriented in this one i think than the previous ones because there's no different styles of fighting so now it's more focused on kind of weapon based which i'm, I'm not sure i kind of like i kind of liked that there's there's different styles in zero yeah. and kawami and you had like different types of enemies that you had to use certain styles against, which is a little bit disappointing in this one, because it made it made the game do it did make the fights feel a little bit easier. But I do enjoy that when you do get into fights, they're very seamless. Like there's no like oh I've got to go into a cutscene and be in like a certain part of the street. It's like no you fight kind of there and then and that's yeah. cool. And there's a lot of physics to it, so you can like throw enemies at other enemies and then fall over each other. And just like how more open Kamarocho and Sotenbori felt with just like going into a shop. It was just seamless. There's no like gotta wait for a little cutscene. Mm. You just kind of in and out. And I really enjoyed that. I do like how more open the game felt because of that. And yeah, I just uh got got it completed and also did the the little little um, chapters they do for Majima as well. Um, there's like three chapters for him. That it's very straightforward. Don't really add that much to the main story. It just more kind of explains kind of before the main story kind of what Majima's been up to and how he gets to where he is. But I do like the little callbacks to Zero. Um, I did like did like that. I think he's um, he's definitely one of my favourite characters um, from the series because he's just mad. <laughs> as his nickname would suggest being the Mad Dog. But yeah, no, really like it. I think I'm going to take a bit of a break before I'm going into three, because as much as I am enjoying the story and the, the gameplay and, and all that, I do think, at least kind of combat-wise, it is quite samey. It is very much just kind of a, a bomb-bash style yeah. of combat. And I don't know how much that might start wearing thin on me to the point that it'll, it might detract from my liking of the series so far. So I'm going to take a little break. I'm not going to go straight into three just yet, but I will do it at some point. So the game that I'm going to use, at least for now, for my break between Yakuza, uh, is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, I've gone got back into that. Have you started again? Or have you just started, continued? No, you I, I, yeah, I've, I've continued from where I left off, which I actually can't remember where I left off. <laughs> Funnily enough. So I, I recall that I, th- I feel like before before I kind of came back to it, I think I I might have beat one of the Night Sisters or like just about struggled to beat her because I remember getting really frustrated with her at some point, just stopping. But then Isn't the bit where you, I think we talked about this before, it's something where there was a red light door or something. Like yeah, a, I think so. There's yeah. like a the the red kind of 
beam door that you yeah, get separates the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I think where I've managed to work my way is that I think I've gone deep into finding a something for for bringing back kind of the Jedi or at least starting starting the the rebels potentially. So I've kind of I've made my way back up to the top because I, I need to go back to the eclipse, and I ended up fighting this what I'm assuming is like a bounty hunter or something. You're getting closed by this like blue kind of light field, light force field, and fighting was easy enough until he like he threw this like trap thing that like electrocuted me and like mm. disabled me, and I thought oh that was a bit cheap. And I saw like the screen like the the screen that normally comes up that says respawn. Instead of respawn, it said some like reawaken. I was like mm. oh that's weird clicked it and found out that actually you're meant to lose that fight because <laughs> yeah. you end up getting caught basically so i'm currently just doing this bit at the moment um going through the i suppose the the prisons of of the uh, planet that i'm on Question. But no, yeah are you gonna go for the double bladed lightsaber i want to go to i want to i want to get it eventually because i feel like i've gone i've gone so far but i didn't pick up the first time around i didn't realize mm. where it was because i didn't look it up yeah unlike you <laughs> well i heard about it so i might have to look it up once once i once i have skipped where i am i think i'm going to look up and see if i can find it and then um pick it up because obviously dual dual blade lightsaber is just like the best basically so mm. no but I, I do like the story that i've got it's got currently like i'd like to see if there's a way of the story being implemented more in like the mainstream Star Wars media, like I would love to see him randomly pop up in Kenobi memory. Um, well, it's canon, <laughs> canon, is it? Well, yeah, everything now is is canon going to Disney. So, but yeah, looking forward to playing more of that by the Wookiee planet. I want to avoid <laughs> as much as possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As bad as where I am currently, um, there's dead ones falling falling from the junk stuff, which is is very interesting. <laughs> and then there's just a, a live live one in a cell as well, which I'm like, hmm, I think I'm gonna end up fighting you at some point. Don't know how you're gonna fit through the door, but someone tells me I end up fighting it. So, but we'll see. I'll, uh, I'll I'll force my way through it hopefully. So that's what I've been playing. Okay, so normally we'd have a question here, but today we're bringing back something we've only previously done on our YouTube channel. And that is Top of the Pod. Mm. So if you don't know, Top of the Pod is where we take uh, certain aspects of games and we have them battle it out in a knockout tournament to see which is the greatest. So what is today's? Well, well, this past week it was International Women's Day, so we thought we'd celebrate the occasion. Uh, so today we are battling to see who is the greatest female gaming protagonist. That was uh, badass. Yeah. So we've chosen our top eight which will battle, obviously, in quarterfinals, semifinals, and then the final. Mm. Now, we know there are, probably, there are far more than eight great female protagonists, we know, but uh, we've probably missed some great ones that people may argue about, but we just we, we have to limit it somehow, so we've picked our eight, uh, but we have to stop somewhere. So one thing to note is that this draw, it all comes down to the look of the draw. The draw is random. Mm. So anybody can face ranked, anybody. No. no. In fact, I have made a random wheel generator. Ooh, although people wow, can't see that. Fancy. Yeah. People, can't, people can't see that anyway. <laughs> but anyway, but you, you'll be able to hear it in a moment. So okay, so shall we begin with the quarterfinal f- number one? Yes. 
Let's spin the wheel for the first time. Spin the wheel. It is... Jill Valentine from Resident Evil. Okay. And she will... And she will compete against... Against... Ooh, Aloy from Horizon. Christ. Right, well, there can only be one winner here. Well, let's let's, let's start, you know. Shall we start with Jill? Now, you're the Resident Evil person here. Uh, Matt? (laughs) Uh, What's good about Jill? What's good about Jill? So, I feel like, at least for strengths with Jill, was that she was one of the first female protagonists, I think, you know, being on the... PlayStation in 1996, was it? Five, six? Uh, or maybe seven? One of them. Yes. One of those years. So you got to play as her through Resident Evil, and she had to survive a horroring uh, nightmare of a day by going through a mansion and various laboratories against all sorts of undead creatures. You know, you've got your typical zombies dogs sharks big snake we're, we're very uh limited ammo as well not not much ammo so she had to do that as well but i also feel like she she does have a bit of a, like an iconic status she does so going through various games as well of course she was in resident evil 3 where she had to survive a, a hulking big nemesis trying to kill her throughout the game uh and survive a nuclear explosion from getting out of the city as well no mean fear no, no me fear on that one. And then obviously, like, her next... I mean, her next appearance was in Resident Evil 5, although not playable at the time, which was a bit controversial. But I do feel like she's always, she's always kind of seen as, like, a, an intelligent, kind of strong-headed individual who stays calm in very unconventional situations, which I think kind of topped it off for me with Resident Evil 3 Remake. I feel like they really kind of nailed her don't give a poo attitude when it came to um umbrella and and certain other characters that were which were trying to help but kind of didn't realize the under like seedy tones of the umbrella corporation that they were working for and just be able to just survive all that with just their instincts and and all that i think takes uh takes a lot of credit for, for what she's done for in, in her lifetime anyway so but I thought she was brilliantly played by the voice actress um, Nicola. Oh, I forget her last name. No, I I really enjoyed her performance in Resident Three Remake. She's she's just a big favorite of mine. So she is very good. She's a very good character. Mm. Uh, shall we talk about Aloy then? Yeah. So Aloy is a clone of the infamous and intelligent Elizabeth Sobeck. Which was which? Who was tasked with basically what would happen after the human race after it's been destroyed? How would you continue the human race and rebuild a planet in effect? Mm. So I'm sorry, but I don't think Jill has done anything on that scope. But and this is just her predecessor. She, she saved the city. Aloy saved the world. But anyway, so <laughs> that but that's just Aloy's distant relative, we could say. Aloy yes. herself. Well, Aloy herself, yes. She she's just a badass. From well, from being Well it's from Humbling Begins, isn't it? So she was an outcast. Which you yeah. And that's gotta take quite a toll on somebody, haven't they? But she grew up to be 
very warm, caring, always willing to help anybody she ever comes across. And I, I personally love the humility of her. Is that she, she doesn't like credit for anything. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's always it, just call me Aloy, not like yeah. the Saviour of Meridian, yeah. for example. Yeah, the Saviour of Meridian, you know, um, the Anointed and all that kind of stuff. She just hates that sort of stuff. It's like, no, just, just call me Aloy. She wields bow, like, amazingly. She's a wonderful hunter. Or huntress? Hunter? Hunter, hunter. <laughs> can take down these machines. Pinpoint perfection. Yeah. She can ride them. I think she's also very intelligent as well, because yeah. I know she learned a lot from Silence, but definitely I've noticed in Forbidden West, she's learned a lot from that, because she can like hack into things now and do things that she couldn't do before. And it just shows that she's managed to kind of master this technology that she's been given from a young age and really make it into her own. And not to mention, she's got the entire world on her shoulders in yeah. having to find a backup for Gaia to try and get the terraforming reset on the planet to, to save it, in effect. So She does a lot with a few job. Yeah, she just gets on with it. Yeah. She's just like, I'm just going to do this thing. No one's going to stand in my way. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to save the world. But she, but she's never dismissive of other people. That's what I really like. She's always, she's willing to accept them for their help, but she never wants to like exploit them or anything like yeah. that. It's that humility that I really like about her as a character. But, Plus she's a cracking right back as well in FIFA. Yeah, yeah, she is. But people won't understand what on earth we're talking about there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we made a FIFA clubs team and we've just populated it with computer game characters. And we've got Aloy's right back. And she's pretty damn good compared to most of the other team. The rest of the team. <laughs> Nothing about less said about Mario the better. Anyway. Mm. Shall we make a decision? This is a tough one. I will I will give you that. It's a pretty tough one. It's so, not tough for me. I'm going for Aloy. Well, well, where's Matt going? <laughs> I'm going to go for mine. It's Jill Valentine. Well, maybe it's just recency bias, but I've got to go away. Look. I just, I just think she's great. And the two uh, games themselves, the two games themselves are brilliant as well. So, yeah, I've got to go. But I'm Jill Valentine. Is, it, it's, a, it's a tough one. It is a tough one. I think there's no losers in this. Top of the pod, I don't think. They're yeah. in the top eight for a reason, because they're all fantastic. And as we said, it's luck of the draw. So we are going to get tough matchups yeah. at the beginning and things like that. But yeah, I've got to go away. Like, sorry about But you know... That's you, fine. It's but no, the draw swap. You put up some great points there. You really did. Okay, so we move on to our second one. Yep. It is... Oh, build a little attention. Oh. It is Chun Li from Street Fighter, okay. and they will go up against. Oh, I've got to hide that one. <laughs> oh, Lara Croft, Tomb Raider. Oh, very interesting. Should we start with Lara? Uh, I think at least out of us three, she's probably a little bit more familiar. Yeah. So you know the the door of a of a archaeologist. She's she had a very long history. I think again, similar to Jill, probably one of the first female protagonists they could play as. I think without doubt, if you said to someone, "Name me a female gaming protagonist," most yeah. people will say. Yeah, I, I think yeah. most people 
would say Lara Croft, or at least Tomb Raider, at least. Um, yeah. <laughs> where, where do we begin? You know, she's she's been around the world, globe trying around most most tombs, solving puzzles, mm-hmm. getting attacked by tigers, bears, T Rexes, large yeah. spiders for whatever reason. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is probably the games I've not played. And people, of course. And oh, obviously people. Probably one one of the first you'd probably say game gaming icons for their sex appeal as well. I think you could you could argue. Yeah. I mean those triangles, you know. Yeah, that's it. There's <laughs> some big triangles going <laughs> yeah. on there. There's some nice triangles there. But of course she's not just that. There's also you know she's very intelligent. Inspirational. Inspirational as well. Yeah, you'd say that. Been been for British, she said. Oh, British, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Maybe inspirational as well, you know. I'm well, sure yeah, there's, there's you are right. definitely yeah. some, you it's know, saying, one of the first right. female icons and British. Yeah. One of ours. So <laughs> gone through it's a lot a lot of tough times, I think, in, a, in at least in the remakes anyway. Getting beat up quite a bit, especially if you don't get the QTEs right. Uh <laughs> Oh yeah, the, the the deaths in the new the new two bits are just brutal. They're pretty brutal. Especially when you hear the screens as well, it's yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, she's she's pretty handy with a uh, with a dual pistols uh, and recently her bow. So and just just all in all, she's uh, I think for the most part she's written well. Like she's definitely like a. Uh, I I do have a, a bit of a reservation in the two way to reboot because well they started out writing her pretty well, so obviously oh, yeah. so they did this thing where. Obviously, because it's a reboot, you know, it's her first real adventure. Yeah, she's, she she's not this, a Tomb Raider just yet. Yeah, she ends up on the island of is it Yamatai, isn't it, I think? Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Oh, Yamatai. And then she she has to fight for her survival, of course. Mm. And then she ends up killing someone. Unsurprising. But it was, like, made out to be this big thing. Like, oh, no, she's I've killed someone. Oh, no, it's, I, I feel awful for this. And then she literally just becomes a maniac afterwards and yeah, just starts killing everyone. Knowing hundreds of people. Yeah, around. she's like a psychopath at this point. Yeah, and it's just like <laughs> she goes full on Rambo. It's just, um, yeah, I'm not quite sure that was done too well. Well, you can't um, keep having crisis after crisis after you kill one person. Like after oh, no, that first no, no. one, then she's like, I think at that point she had the mindset, right, I need to survive. I've done this horrible thing, but I need to do what I need. I can to get out of this situation. You're right, but I do think it could have been better. Uh, it's I, I, I can see I can see how the like I think the first kill was handled handled quite well, but it's yeah, it's kind it of after that is that you I think it escalated too quickly. Yeah, it's um you can see that obviously there's there's a desperation mode she's in, but the story and the cutscenes still kind of handle as though like she's still in shock after the first kill. Yeah. It's like after then she's murdered. You've just murdered like an army now. <laughs> yeah. Like why are you? <laughs> It should be like desensitized to the story. But I do like how in the new two ways there's there's a lot less sexualization of the character than the original. Yeah. Was. No, that's good. I think that's uh that's a big positive for moving the character kind of away from the stereotype she was kind of yeah. put in for years. Yeah, yeah. Um, and th- that reboot was was a terrific game as well. So. Yeah, yeah. No that um Rise of the Tomb Raider was good as well. Really enjoyed that. I've still not played to... really. No, I, I played a little bit of it. I need to get back into it at some point. But no, really, uh, well, a very iconic character for, for many years. So Yeah, I don't think you can disagree with that. 
So, shall we talk about Chun-Li? From Street Fighter? Can do. So, I don't know if she's the first, but it definitely feels like she was like the first female character that you could, in a fighting game. I think she might have been. Which is obviously like a a big thing to have kind of under your belt, because obviously it's a bit bit frowned upon (laughs) for women to get beaten up. But Japan didn't care. So... (laughs) So yeah, if I know a bit about her backstory, she is a Chinese police officer who sort of enters the Street Fighter tournament to, I suppose, get revenge on Mr. Bison for murdering, murdering her father. But I mean to him, it was only a Tuesday. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I, th- I think I th- it's probably going to be saying we had quite quite a few of these characters we talk about but again she's she's probably putting that kind of iconic status as being you know one of the first ever kind of female fighting characters a look it is a little sexualized i mean you just gotta look at those legs <laughs> and japan and japan as well but she uses those legs to a good effect you know she'll kick your face off yeah yes it kicks the yeah. crap out of people so. yeah so you know get on a wrong side and she'll Murder you, basically. Uh, <laughs> but she's been, you know, she's been in her own history of, of games. Again, probably probably one of the female characters around that was used for for a sex appeal as well. Especially in the animated film. Um, there was a bit of a controversial scene between her and Liz Vega. I'll not get too much into that. But... No, uh, she, I mean, she, she's used around the world as, like, one of the top fighters, even, like, today's kind of fighting games. Like, she was, I think there's the infamous Evo match. I can't remember the, the two Japanese players, but it's, like, the, the big kind of, I suppose, first esports scene where Chun-Li, like, she goes for a special and then she's count, she's parried, like, numerous times, like, impossible you got to get frame by frame perfect for each parry, but to be to have to even be part of that is is big. And yeah, I, I think she's just she's just a famous for what she for what she does, and she's definitely definitely an iconic character for sure. Mm, okay. I don't I don't know if you guys can add more to. No, pretty much covers everything. I think. Should we make a decision? <laughs> well, for me personally, I think we've got to go based on gaming history. And as I say, I think I think Lara stands out as more iconic. Yeah, but that's just I, I don't think I can. It's a bit difficult for Chun Li because she doesn't have a lot of. Well, she probably has a lot to it, but if you're if you're not into the fighting games, then it's like it, she's a bit yeah. of a. The, the games aren't focused. You take it or leave it. Yeah, I think that's the problem. That she, you know, she's the first female fighting character, but she's not the focal point. So unfortunately for me, I, I think on history and just kind of this how much she's gone through change-wise from originals to the remakes. I'd go for Lara as well. Plus me, Angelina Jolie. So. Well, listen, if I can. I've not actually watched the, uh, the new That'll be the next Have you not? Pod. You've no, not I've it. not seen it. Yeah. It's not great. But it's I've heard it's... It's all right. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. <laughs> it but does, it's video game does, film. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it does tweak the story based on the first film, but yeah, it's pretty good. It sort of mixes the first two. Mm. Anyway, I'll, I'll go for Lara as well. Okay, clean sweep for Lara then. Right, quarter number three. 
Yes. Samus. Oh, Metroid. Hide, hide that one. And next one, they will compete against Cortana. Halo. Oh, this is a juicy one. That's going to be interesting. Where do you want to start? Do you want Samus? No, to be honest, I've not played a Metroid game, so I can't really. Say <laughs> yeah, I think Samus. that's going to be carrying this one. Yeah, I'm going to be carrying this one again. All right, so I suppose, um, I suppose, arguably, the the very first female lead protagonist, mm-hmm. although a lot of people didn't know at the time, unless you got the special ending, <laughs> and you realised that it was actually a female underneath that that uh, power armor. But yeah, Samus Ran, the, the bounty hunter. Goes around just being a badass, killing aliens, and saving the day, I suppose. Yep. Our first appearance was in Metroid in 1986. Six. Yes, so, yeah, 20... And apparently, she was based on Sigourney Weaver as Ellen Ripley. Didn't know that? I'm not surprised. Yeah, there's, saw, there's a lot of... Uh, oh. there's, there's definitely a good amount of references to Alien in the Metroid games. But yeah, no, she's got a long history, as we know, as well, as we see there. What was it? A6, so that's 36 years this year. So it was the 35th anniversary last year. Yeah, just just some really good games. I, I definitely like the first iconic game for Samus was Super Metroid on, on Super Nintendo. And obviously, I think kind of birthed the, the whole genre that we kind of know now as Metroidvania, where it's all about being super powerful for the first five minutes and then losing all your powers for the next <laughs> how many hours you go through the game. Uh, <laughs> Games, eh? Gotta love them. Gotta love the, that fun old trope. But no, she just, like, I think probably maybe similar to Jill in a way of, like, she's gone through a lot of horrible, horrible things that she's had to kind of get through. But, like, once she, once she started building those, like, power-ups and getting all the super grades, she just feels like a badass to use. Especially for like me, I think my game of the year, at least last year, for Metroid Dread, she just felt so good to, to play as towards the end once you get all those power ups. You just mowing enemies down left, right, center, and just just, just a badass of a character, really. And probably one, this, this actually for one's probably not used as much for like, if we talk about the sex appeal, because she's just in a power suit all the time. Yeah. So you can't, you know, unless you, that's your thing. Oh, master yeah. Chief. Love a bit uh, of power suit. Yeah. <laughs> Keep the master. I do think she's had, from what I know of her history, she's probably had a bit of a bad rap before Metroid Dread because there was um, Metroid over M, which kind of flipped her story a bit in that, like, she, she ended up having to apparently fell in love with her, like, commander, but then her commander was apparently physically abusing her or mentally abusing her or something there's some weird thing about like there's a part in the game where she ends up getting some sort of like ptsd flashbacks and find this this alien ripley which always keeps coming back alive and stuff apparently there's a part in the game where like she she ends up like freezing up or something or can't use some of her powers because her commander's essentially telling her not to or something ridiculous i don't know a bit of a dent to to a characterization, but I do think Dread kind of pulled her back to just being this kind of silent badass in in the universe, really. You know, going around being up Metroids left, right, and center, making them extinct, and then the whole X 
variant as well. Um, this like parent X parasite that makes a copy of her, and then she ends up just beating that up as well. So like nothing phases her basically. <laughs> Although she goes a bit crazy towards the end of Dread, which I won't spoil too much. So, but no, I, I really enjoyed her characterization. So okay, course harder. The AI that works with John 117, better known as Master Chief. Mm. So I didn't know this before looking up Cortana, but apparently her design was based on the Egyptian queen Nefertiti, which I can really see now I'm looking at it. You say that like I'm supposed to know who that is. Oh, do you not? True, yeah, I'm like... No. <laughs> oh, oh, right. got a clue. I thought everyone knew that, anyway. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah? Nefertiti. Yeah, definitely. Well, Cortana's an AI, and because of that, she's immensely clever and can think much faster than anybody else. I mean, she gets she goes a bit loopy in the most recent games, but I don't think that takes away anything from her earlier games and how much she assisted John on his missions. Does it not go in a bit loopy? Is that you know still part of a character, isn't it? Well, it is, but. Just sure, remember sure, the good old neg- days. That should be a negative, though. Like, we're counting her as a whole. We don't ignore yeah. her future. <laughs> Let's just take yeah. the good bits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Bits. Let's have warts and all. I'm going to be I'm, I'm gonna be straight straight up here. Is that I don't think Cortana is a very interesting character, to be quite honest. I think it's because <laughs> she's, she's, um, more, she's more of an assistant than exactly. anything just else. Well, yeah. that's saying she, she, she is the assistant that... Master Chief needs to know what he needs to be doing. I do, I do think her characterization does get better towards the the later games when she starts. I'll say spoilers, yeah. but she starts getting corrupted by um, the I forgot what they are, the zombie people. <laughs> um, uh, was it the flood? Isn't it? It's the the like the mastermind, isn't it? Of the flood. She starts getting corrupted by or something. I think it's in three. It's, I think it starts happening in three and kind of moves in. She starts getting a bit more loopy than four and five, I want to say. I've not played five. Um, yeah, five. Not completed four, actually, life, either. But... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be perfectly honest. All the Halos to me just blow into one. I can't distinguish any of them. <laughs> well, they always seem to, to fire on a Halo, don't they? Mm. So, and the same for Infinity, I imagine. But, yeah, I... As in terms of like personality, I mean it's an AI, so it's it's, it's very kind of it's limited, isn't it? What's yeah, that? I suppose that the, the if you want to put like an iconic status on her, it's because of her design and well, she's just AI, so isn't it? So it's it's more kind of the you see more of the physical body than, than anything else really, which yeah. is probably how she gets her status. I mean, I do, I do like I do think she does get more interest in the layer of the games that you go into. And she's got she's got a cool look, you know. I do like the 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 look that she's got for maybe less in the TV series when it comes out. Eh, fine to me. Fine. <laughs> There's a little controversy around it, but you know. People, There's always controversy. People always people nitpick. Like on. There's always some nitpick and stuff. But um, yeah, I I probably in the same boat with, with you, Mark. That like I think she's just I think because she's an AI, it it does kind of go against her a little bit in terms of personality personality stuff but i mean she's been there with through thick and thin with master chief yeah, so that's true you know going out some tough situations so she's not like she's useless or anything mm. decision time I, i'm going with samus personally 
I, 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 I don't know why, but I thought you'd go with Katona. Yeah, I, I, I would have pegged you as Katona. Um, I, I'm going to go with Samus myself as well. I was going to say, just based on what I've just said, I think you could probably guess where I'm going to go. Katona? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with Samus. Right, clean so that sweep. leaves us... Clean sweep. Yes, indeed it is. So that leaves us with our final one, but I shall spin purely for just because I just like listening to it, is <laughs> Ellie from The Last of Us. And she will compete against... I don't know why I'm spinning, even though there's only one left, but it is... Ellie! <laughs> yeah, it Bayonetta. Interesting matchup. Well, there's only one choice, really, isn't there, I think, for me. Yeah. <laughs> but I, d- I, mean, I don't know. I don't know much about Bayonetta. Bayonetta kicks a lot of ass. So does Ellie, though. Yeah. Yeah, they both do. I do think Bayonetta quite easily is the most sexualized of all the characters we've come across. Oh, easily, yeah. And I mean, it's Japan, so... Yeah. And to me, I'm sorry, but that is a detriment, just the way that's portrayed. Yeah. I mean, that shouldn't be the vast majority of somebody's character. Yeah. Because that's kind of what I think about. Because when I just see her, it's just like, you are, mm. you are quite clearly just sexualizing this character. Yeah. It's like Katsu kind of thing, arse. Yeah. Well, you know, if, if I was, if I was, if I, were, if I was trying to, I suppose, balance the argument on that one. I mean, the way they've designed Bayonetta and her character is that she does use her sexuality, like she knows she's sexy and uses that to her advantage. So, I think, and it, it's, it's a strange one where I think it's, it's one of those where, right, she is clearly a sex character, but it is too. I don't think I don't think it's necessarily as like a bad thing. Because I think okay. you should be able to, like, celebrate sexiness in a way that's, like, it should be fine. Well, yeah, it's a fair point. And she's definitely, like, you know, that kind of character that, you know, she'll step on your face and you better enjoy it. <laughs> well, about that, I think she might have got some of the coolest shoes in gaming. Hmm. Because she's got, it's got gun, she's got guns in Well, there. yeah, she's got the guns on the end of them, so, you know. So maybe you won't like her standing on your face because she might be Perhaps shooting you there. Better hold its blanks then, I suppose. Oh no, I I do think she she does have like a cool design. Like I like I like the idea of that like the the suit that she's wearing is actually made of her hair. As weird as that sounds. <laughs> <laughs> so like whenever she uses like her like special moves or like her ultimate move, she does practically end up naked. <laughs> Although you don't see that, but it's implied. Which, which, to be fair, surprises me that she's a Smash character. <laughs> For how protective Nintendo are about their IPs and how far I need to go with that. So, but I think as well, I think she, she, she's a good character to, to play as. Like I played the first Bayonetta, and I do really enjoy it. I think it's a really good game, very reminiscent, obviously, of like Devil May Cry. Um, but she's just fun to use, and the, I mean, she is funny as well. She's like throughout the game. There's just some really stupid moments, but it's like, yeah, it's very Japanese humor. But no, I, I quite, I quite enjoyed that we have a character that isn't afraid to be sexy and stuff. Yeah, I think this is probably the case where the character is intentionally be made to be sexy, as opposed to yeah, the community has just sexualized that person, which I think is what happened with Lara Croft. I think so, yeah, because you there is there is that type of like, I don't want to tied to Japanese but it does seem to be ways like if I was to take say Meryl 
for instance, from like Metal Gear Solid, the bits when you're in the vent, like that's mm, okay. You, yeah. You've been a bit weird with it, but fair enough. It is the times, I suppose, Mr. Kojima. Or at least with this one, it's like, oh, she's like they're clearly highlighting that she's sexy. Yeah. And it's not on. Purpose. It's a character trait on her, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it? it's more of a character trait rather than it being on purpose of like, oh, we're just going to highlight this camera on this, but like they're making it in a way that like if they do that then that's also because the character wants like is made to be like that so and it's, it's it's a big strength of hers that i don't think many other characters have but then she's not quite broad like ellie can be so <laughs> mm, yeah let's get into ellie then um, i mean i think she's probably one of the most badass 14 year olds in the first game ever I don't think I really got a, a badass feel from her in the first game, at least. Yeah, the first one, not really, I don't think. I don't think she was quite... I think when it got to that point where it switched, where she kind of went on a bit of a rampage trying to escape, I think at that point we saw a shift in her. Yeah, yeah. And obviously there was the Left Behind DLC as well, which kind of yeah. explored on that as well. Mm. But I think it's more the the evolution of a character. From this, this is the thing, isn't it? You, see, you feel like you've sort of grown up with her, aren't you? Because she's obviously she yeah. this kind of child, and then she goes up to this teenager where she just starts going crazy, shall we say? <laughs> she goes psycho as well. Mm. I think to the point where she, she might end up being the antagonist by the end of the game. Mm. Yeah. I get that feeling. Well, that's up to opinion. It is. Yours is wrong, but it's, it's, it's an opinion. <laughs> There's, there's a lot of interpretations they can take from the end of the game. I, I do think the strengths of Ellie... Uh, I, I prefer the Ellie in the first game, for sure, I think. Yeah, I think it's because you get more of those tender moments, like, for example, with the giraffes and like little moments like yeah, that. Yeah, the, the world seems a little bit more hopeful in the first game than it was in the second game. Um, as much as, like, I think in the second one, they, they, they do f- sort of sell down and they start you know, becoming more normalised to what the world is. But Ellie's a very complex character, I'll say that. For good mm. and bad reasons. Like, there's definitely... She goes through a lot of emotions through both games, which I think is good, because you get to see all kind of sides of Ellie. Yeah, I think um, that's she's, she's definitely a more like the most, character. Yeah, she's probably the most human-feeling character out of any of these characters that we're probably going to be talking about. But it's also like for for that's her strength and her weakness. Like you see in the second game, you know she's finding out who she, who she is. Like who does she want to be? And through I suppose a series of unfortunate events for her, they involve golf. You start seeing a very very torn character. Yeah. The thing is, you can understand it. That's the thing. I think it makes it yeah. like a real character. Like a I real think person. you can understand it. Because if you were in that situation, I'd probably feel Oh, certainly, well. yeah. I'd probably feel the same. I think it's... Once you get to the first confrontation with Abby, and by that point, you kind of also then understand Abby's kind of gone through the same story as Ellie. But with, with Abby, she... By the end of it, she kind of goes down one path, and Ellie kind of can't 
get off this path she's on. She's she's hell bent on this revenge that she wants. That by the end of it, it's it's cost her everything. And so you kind of question, was it worth? Was it worth it? Yeah. Which is where I think I think for me personally, by the end of the game, I was really off put by Ellie by this yeah, you become continuous told, wanting of revenge and then by the end of it did it even mean anything like she's lost everything you know she's lost the love of her life she's lost her child she's lost her finger fingers <laughs> oh yeah sorry fingers so she can't play the guitar anymore oh she can but very badly <laughs> but i also think that's like i like that the game explored that because it's meant to make you feel uncomfortable about what she's doing or, or even on a flip side, maybe you're totally with on her side. You can see why she's doing it, and you'd be still be doing the same thing. I, mean, I think it's we all had interpretation, isn't it? That's yeah. I think that's the big strength of Last of Us Part Two. There's everyone has like a different take, and that's good. That's you know the game is making you talk about it, and and everyone's got a different opinion. <laughs> Tell me, you're gonna say something? Yeah, I would just. I was just going to say, in terms of like the second fight that Abby and Ellie had, I think we were all in the same boat where we thought, we just don't want to be doing this. Yeah. Just stop. Well, this is it. It's like, you, like you've both gone through so much. Like, what does this mean to you now? Why, why are you yeah. still it's doing this? It's not going to bring anybody back. Let's It'd say. be so much better if you could try and brush off what's happened and go on with your lives and at least have something left. But... Mm. Sometimes revenge is all somebody has and they'll do whatever they can to try and satisfy it. Yeah. And I, I do like that they explored the themes of revenge. Like, what what does yeah. it mean? And by the end of it, is it really worth it? Hate leads to anger. Anger leads to suffering. Yeah. Whatever else Yoda said. But yeah. Jim, suffering leads to the that's dark side. Not, <laughs> all right. See you. Ellie. Yeah, she's a more rounded character. I couldn't go early. Yeah. Uh, I think, as much as I think my hatred is starting, coming, starting to bubble, I, I've got to go with Ellie just because of how much we've explored with her. Yeah. Okay, so that's the end of the quarterfinals. This semi final is really strong. It is. But the question who's going to face who? So let's spin that wheel. It is. Lara Croft from Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. And she will compete against. Da, 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 da. Aloy. I knew it. Oh, Ooh. no. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't like that. Over semi final. Lara Croft or Aloy. Oh, this, this one's a really tough one. Really tough. You can. Yes. It's hard because I want to take like my personal bias out of this. Like if I was trying to look at them both objectively. All you've got is your personal bias, Matt. You've got to use it. Shut up. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's difficult. I, I think, in my opinion, for purely the scope of each character's task, I'd I'd be leaning towards Aloy. But with Laurie, you've got the history and everything. That's the thing, isn't it? I that think she's been through as well. There's, there's, yeah, there's some of that you can sort of put a negative on Aloy's that she's only really been recent in the last five years whereas like Laura's been around for like 
almost well, pretty much 30 years now. Yeah. So you've got that history, but then with that history, you've also got. But you've got the a little bit just, of a bad side of it. But just because she's been around a long time doesn't necessarily mean she's been developed all that well, great in the joint. I mean, that's more happened well, to obviously the new ones. And it's there, isn't it? You know, uh, Laura's got a fair share of bad games. You can say. Chronicles. If we, if we don't, Chronicles, Angel of Darkness. I think that might have been classed as one of the bad ones as well. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know how you would. How do you? How would you separate these two? What? What, what criteria? I'm just basing it on character development. I mean, they're both really well-rounded, and they both got. Oh, saying that. Laura's not got that good a backstory to her. Well, she's got a good backstory in the in the remakes. But her dad's dead and she's rich. Is that it? <laughs> well, it's not that, is it? Like there was one, you know, she has to find who killed him, who killed him. You know, the the mystery that he left behind for her. You know, she goes on this journey. But the only th- the one thing I'm point I'm going to make is that is that for Laura, it's a very personal thing. Whereas for Aloy, yeah, Aloy's more selfless. Everyone else. That's my distinguishing feature between them. Yeah, that's a good point. I feel like you could argue, though, is that Lara is her own self, whereas Aloy is going off being a clone. So she is still... isn't. Could you argue that the journey she's going through is actually not her own? I think even before she knew that, she always had that sense of helping yeah. people. But that was that was that was the the same feelings as her original counterpart though. She was helping people. She wasn't doing this yeah, for money or if, even if you're a clone, you've still got your own mind. And you've still got your own experiences. Because Elizabeth has a has a totally different life to what Aloy had growing up with Rost. Yeah. True. Different life, but you could argue that personalities were the same. I mm. I understand there's traits and parallels you can draw there. But they are not the same person. Of course they are. I mean, I've seen Peter Parker and Ben Parker. <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what the Spider Clone? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just trying to play Devil's Advocate, basically. <laughs> no, I'm I'm in agreement with you, Nate. I think I think that's that's it for me. They are different people. Who's better with the bow, though? Aloy. Yeah. You're just going straight for Aloy. I think there's more of a focus on that bow, though. Isn't focus. There? I see what you did there. Hey, <laughs> I didn't even mean to. <laughs> it's difficult because they're both like amazing in their own right, and yeah. I think they are two truly iconic female characters. I don't yeah. think you can deny either. I think this was probably the this this could grace the final definitely, but we're having it now. Mm. I mean, I wanted mm. one character to be fair, but. Typical. Well, the draw. That's that's uh, done. <laughs> yeah. So, shall we shall we make a choice then? Is it history or character? For me, I've got to go character. So I've got to go Aloy for me. You go Aloy. I've got to. I mean, as I said earlier, you you say name a female protagonist, most people will say Lara. But I think when you look into it all, I do think Aloy is a better character than Lara actually is. Mm. Tough caller. Tough call. Tough. Well, that's just me. So it's, it's down to you guys. I'll let you make your decision first, Matt. I'm going to make the decision first. This is really tough. I, 
if I go on the enjoyment of the character and the the growth that it, which one I've preferred to or I've enjoyed the journey more I should say if I, if I try and get my words out then I would have to go with Aloy as well. I was gonna say you did platinum the game, so you must you must have liked it somehow. <laughs> well, see, yeah, but then you know I I still like the characterization that Laura goes for the remakes, but it's yeah, which yeah. which one did I enjoy more? So I, I've I've got to go for Aloy as well. I think I'm going Aloy as well, but again, really really tough decision. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're at uh, the other semi-final. I'm gonna spin the wheel, even though I obviously already know what they are, but it is Ellie from The Last of Us. And she will compete against. Oh, it actually worked. It landed the correct one. Samus from Metroid. Because <laughs> when you get down to two, you have to reset it. It won't let you hide a slice. Ah, uh, hmm. Okay. Samus versus Ellie. Well, I think Ellie's got to win because Samus is not a very good right midfielder. So that's that. It's a bit harsh. Yeah, but Ellie's not even in the team. Chips in with a couple of goals. Maybe she should be. Mm. <laughs> no, she didn't want revenge too much. Yeah. I mean, f- for me, she's so straight from a position, just like going for goalkeepers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, I'm leaning towards Ellie because she's a more rounded character than because I I see Samus as a bit more one-dimensional. Yeah, I, I think we've been through too much of a journey with Ellie. Good or bad? <laughs> oh yeah, but it's it's, it's just character development. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. It's more of a personality there, at least good or bad, as we say. Uh, yeah, I, I think she's definitely shown a lot more personality-wise. I would argue that I don't think Samus is one-dimensional. Again, I've played Dread, so I've kind of seen the story of what she kind of goes through. So I think there's still something there that you can work with. But, you know, Ellie has gone through probably... Uh, uh, she's probably gone through more personal trauma than what the Samus has and how she's handled it. You could argue good or bad yeah. at least adds a lot to a character so tough for me but I, I feel, I'm, again I think I'm probably leaning towards Ellie myself so I'd echo that I'm going for Ellie as well clean sweep Ellie it is okay the final do, 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 I, do. I'll be honest I don't know why I'm spinning the wheel but it is <laughs> you just like the hair of it don't you yeah exactly it, it just sounds you know it's Sounds extravagant, doesn't it? Uh, Aloy from Horizon, funnily enough, and she will compete against, obviously, it's landed on Aloy again, but I'm going to say it's, uh, it's Ellie from <laughs> Aloy versus Aloy. <laughs> yeah, 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 Aloy versus Aloy. from The Last of Us. Oh. I think this is a, a great final. We've got to oh, give yeah, it that. Definitely. I think. I mean, you could have had Lara in there as well as a three-way, which would have been fantastic, but... Oh, my. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> okay where do we start with this both really well developed characters mm-hmm. you, yeah. feel, you feel like you've gone on a real journey with both of them yeah both could be a bow well yeah yeah well as I say I don't know what it is with female protagonists and bows I don't know I don't know why that's a thing but anyway yeah, I can't think of many many male protagonists that use bow. Mm. Um, Better. Yeah. It's difficult because they've both gone through their own adversity yeah. in their own way, and we've seen them come through that and become their own people. 
and they've they've both got a good sense of right and wrong, regardless of how they want to express that and what path they want to go down. Very steadfast, mm, I'd say. I don't know if I'd agree with that one. Go up. The moral, anyway. I do think I do think Ellie's journey is obviously very personal, at least kind of at least in the second game. I feel like the first game you could argue her path was more clear and she had a her morale compass isn't kind of Yeah. She's more altruistic. Interrupted, yeah. Like I, I don't I mean I think it's implied that the decision that was made at the end she wanted to go through with, I think. I don't know. Mm. Um, I can't remember if it was implied that she, she like, the surgery she was going through, whether it was her decision or not. I think it might have been taken out of her hands. But Yeah. I think it was, because the way I saw it is that she wanted to go through with it if she could save humanity yeah, then. Yeah, like, she, she, she was doing this for the for the good reasons. You know, she, she was making a, a very good sacrifice for the rest of the world. And you can argue that, you know, at least in the in in their first games, you know, their paths are quite similar. You know, she's she wants to do the the, the best for the world, same kind of with Aloy, and she's as she's kind of working, figuring out who she is and stuff. She starts leading to, you know, she needs to be the one who restores the world, sort of thing. And I've not played, obviously, I've not played Forbidden West, so I can't make comments on that. But I'm I'm assuming. The the path that Aloy takes is still quite similar. She's looking to heal the world and kind of bring it back to to where humanity starts rebuilding again, as it was designed to. Yeah. Whereas you know Ellie's second game is now there's there's more personal stakes to it. There's less. It's not about the world now. It's about what I want. And maybe this is where we will start we'll start to differ on how we viewed Ellie's journey, but. I think as a kind of as we as I discussed before, I really start hating her character towards the end of the game. It's the point where I'm like, you you really kind of making me want to side with Abby at this point. <laughs> That's how bad it's gone. <laughs> well, it is because it's 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 a it's a sad story because I I didn't want Ellie to go through it and it, to a point where she, you know it does make me feel comfortable while she starts going through and. It starts making me sympathise with her less. To the point where I'm like, yeah. you just, you know, you've been blindsided by this rage. You can't put it down, even though you've got this happy family. You know, for whatever reason, you just can't. You just can't, can't let go. You can't let go of it. In my opinion, it was actually saying that she was getting flashbacks in the second one, weren't she? And then Tommy came in and pushed her over the edge. I think. Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah, a lot of it is a blame, Tommy. Uh, <laughs> stupid brother. But it's this is a difficult one because it's. I think for me, it's like I don't know how I'm going to differentiate the two. What was the design factor for me to put one over the other? This one's very tough. But what I will say is that I think. Uh, LA, you see more of the sides of her than you do with Aloy. You know, as we said with Aloy, she's very humble, very driven, very fixed, and she just wants the best for everything, for everyone. Whereas LA, 
you see more of her as an individual on yeah, all sides. It's, it's you see a lot the good more human. Yeah, you see the good and you see the bad. You don't see bad from Aloy. You don't see what her negative side could be. And I think as a character that is written, I think Ellie is more developed because you see you see the love and you also see the hate. And it feels more real, I think. You can empathise with what she's going through. Yeah. More, I think. I think you you can understand it a lot more because, you know, we've all ex, you know experienced mm. loss and that kind of thing. And yeah, so. yeah. I think yeah. I think uh, a lot of this is my personal feelings on it. Is that like I understood what she did. Listen, if if you hate it, it, it's provoked a reaction from you, hasn't it? Yeah, that's I think it. that's it. Is that like I I can't emphasize with it's like I think I would have stopped one side of the family once there's there's more important things in my life then still wanting revenge then it's like okay maybe empathize was maybe empathize was the wrong word to use but you sort of you understand both you get it you yeah get it. You, you understand why she went through it and on a human level yeah the, there's no it's hard isn't it i, I don't want to say there was a right and wrong answer because everyone would be different at that point and it's i like that they they explored the the that side of like she just can't drop it she needs to do this to yeah. somehow find inner peace no matter how much it's cost her like her future sort of thing yeah and I, I like that we can write complex characters like this and explore themes like this and it's not just you know she doesn't get the happy ending and I do like that I like that there's a, there's a story where isn't just oh the hero saves the day and and they get the girl and and the baby and whatnot stuff it's 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 a, it's a big plus in the in the Ryan from Noi Dog and I like that I, they've made me hate this character that I loved in the first game I just yeah. I just I kind of just ugh. I mean that I was wanted, the big I thing, wasn't wasn't for early, do you know what I mean and that's it, and that's a good thing um, I mean that's the big thing they they knew it was going to be controversial before they released the second one. And you can see why. It's because of these decisions and these mm. kind of thoughts and the characterization. Amongst another thing that obviously happened that everyone <laughs> took against. But yeah. So but, then, do, but do I also do a just just add a little extra, I suppose, wrinkle. Does it go against Ellie's characterization that Abby ended up getting all the plaudits? Like obviously the Laura Bailey got the you know the nominations over ashley i'm gonna say no the reason i'll say that is because we obviously experienced ellie as a child as well and so we got more of a backstory and no true true yeah if i'm i'm just taking like the second game into account if i had also the first game then obviously she's a much more brand so obviously we got more of that loving aspect of her which yeah we didn't get get a massive amount i mean we did get the odd bit Abby. We we did get a bit for Aloy as well, I suppose. We did get to see her as a child growing up, going through yeah. her own, you know, negative side of it. Yeah. I suppose it's it's they've both taken different paths, and it's one did go. We did see more sides of one, but is that is would that be a strength or weakness to to go against Ellie sort of thing? Who do you emphasize better, I suppose? Sure, make a decision then. Sure, with our winner. This one's a really tough one. I could go either way. I'm a sucker for a good dystopian future. 
It both happened. I like it when when both of them have written Post apocalyptic uh, things. That's, yeah, I, that's I like it when before. society breaks down. That was the strength of both. You didn't really <laughs> differentiate there, did you? I think purely for the emotion. Zombies, or do you prefer robot dinosaurs? Is, is what we're getting at here. <laughs> yeah. If we break it down. Yeah, I, I think for me, like purely because of the the different emotions that were invoked, I think I've got to go for Ellie because it's. I think just in its entire in her entirety, she's just a better all-round character. She might not do what's best. But in terms of a character, she's a lot more human. I'm really torn. I'm really yeah, torn. It is a, it is a tough one. I've, I've, I've made my choice in my head. But I'm, let's see what you say first. <laughs> I think I, I think if I, if I do this on emotions and the range of emotions that I've kind of gone through with this character and how much more relatable they are to the story... And the feelings that they went through, then, then I have to go with Ellie as well. As much as that pains me to pick her, <laughs> well, it doesn't really matter. She's just brilliant. Yeah, she's just brilliantly. She is brilliantly written. I don't think there's a bad written female character. But yeah, after a hard slog, I'd have to agree. I do think it's Ellie. Close, but I think it's a much more rounded, developed character. And as you as you both mentioned, the emotions that we felt through her journey is just nothing like probably experienced in any game regarding any female protagonist. So there we go. Ellie on The Last of Us wins and is the greatest female protagonist. So if you enjoyed listening to us, please consider tuning in next time. We release bi weekly on Tuesdays. You can visit our website at jokingdolphin.com where we post the whole thing. Also feel free to follow us on all social media platforms to continue the conversation. You can find Joking Dolphin on YouTube and Facebook as well as on Instagram and Twitter at Joking Dolphin. Until next time, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Take care. Bye-bye.